Tyler. Hello. Did you ever watch Hunters on Amazon Prime? I still haven't watched it. I hear good things. I know you've talked highly about it, but I still haven't gotten around to watching it. Well, well you should. And in news I thought already happened, happened. Like I totally thought this show had already been renewed for season two, but apparently it hasn't. But now it is. Officially. Yeah, officially. And for some reason, I thought that it had this had already happened because Amazon Prime is usually like pretty proactive about renewing their shit for a second season. So for some reason, I think I just thought it had already happened and that it was a given, but apparently not. And are we talking the same cast, the original cast, like everybody's coming back? As far as I know, like, and how that first season went, like, there'd be no reason to do a different cast. So, no, but I mean, there's some uh, top tier talent in that show. And a lot of top tier talent tends to, you'll see them dip in for a season or like the starting season of a series, but then they dip out just to, you know, they pay the big bucks to get the big name. They boost up the ratings, get people into it, and then they peace out, never to be seen from again. Yeah, so like the big one that they have is Al Pacino. And I'm. this is going to sound awful from someone that really likes the show. I'm trying to remember if he would be in a season two. And I don't remember them killing him off or anything like that, but I, I'm also not confident enough in saying that one way or the other. Okay, fair enough. But that's what I mean, right? That's yeah. he's a big name, and I imagine a lot of people were like, "I don't know, it sounds interesting. Who's in it? Oh, Al Pacino. Yeah, no, fuck. Okay, that's a big name. I'll check that out, right? So I wonder if the big draws are no longer there. If they feel confident enough that they have enough of a a viewership and a base that's into the show that they can switch things up, because like you see that happen all the time, right? So yeah, that would be my curiosity is if we're getting like the same story but different characters or they're going to kind of spin not not do a spin off but like you know they talked about these characters and then they're going to be more prominent in the second season and the original characters are going to be less prominent so yeah and like i'm just trying to like i like i, I think it's because it's monday and i have a long day but I'm, i don't remember where al pacino's character ends up at the end of that but i want to say he could come back i'm just trying to look god this looks super bad on my part because i really like the life well, of i mean me, if, if you watched it a long time i mean it's been out for a while right and yeah fuck there's a lot of television out there these days yeah and it's been a long day so i'm just gonna go ahead and say that he can come back but yeah so i would hope he comes back because he actually like i feel like in recent years, some of Al Pacino's performances have been, you know, I don't want to say mailed in, but like not up to Al Pacino standards. Just like, kind you know of slipping I mean? at his age. Yeah. And like, I feel like Hunter's was like, this is a really, like he was really good in it. Like, it was like, okay, this is like El Pacino hitting on all kind of bases kind of thing. And I felt that way when he was in The Irishman, too. Because I want to see. 
You don't need to butter me up. You can just yeah. flat out say that you think Al Pacino is a shitty actor. I don't care. <laughs> I think he's amazing, but but I think just some of his like movies before, like I want to say, or maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but I want to say Al Pacino maybe had like a string of movies in theaters where it was like, oh, really? That's what you're doing? Mm, that's fair. But but yeah, I really liked him in it, and I really liked that whole story. Like, I love when shows and movies do like the "What if the Nazis won" kind of thing, mm-hmm. or like kind of um, and like this, the man in the high castle. Yeah, like this doesn't do that. Like, it's not "What if the Nazis won," but it's um, like it's still kind of in that era of like dealing with it. Like the whole—I don't know if you know the premise of it, but like the whole premise is um, like after the war and everything like that it's like a group of people hunting down the Nazis that have like migrated to the States after the war. Mm -hmm. So, and I think there's some, there's some really good stuff that comes of that. So. Well, I mean, that's exciting. It's on my list. Like I have been meaning to watch it. I just like, I, it seems like my back catalog of television shows that I really want to see are piling up fucking way higher than the movies that I want to watch. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. It's just there's so much out there that you just kind of like gotta like pick and choose, and it's like especially like if you're like, oh yeah, been especially older stuff, right? Like like where it's like, oh, I've heard really good things about this, but I also heard about this show that just came out not too long ago that I really want to check out. It's like, what do you check out, right? Yeah, there's it's just so much, especially with all the streaming services out there and everyone trying to come up with their own original content which again i'm all for right like the more options the better but it's just so much you would think that with like you know the summer of covid and films not being released and constantly being pushed back that it's like perfect time to catch up on television or on, yeah. yeah time to catch up on television but like you watch one good series and then you hear about another so you add it to yeah. the list and then before you're ready to watch that one your buddy tells you about this other great series that sounds as just a little bit more intriguing. So then you got to yeah. add that one and then it goes on and on and on. Yeah. I found myself now just like, like when I'm kind of nearing the end of a season, like I'll start looking into or thinking back on like something we've talked about or something a buddy has said. And I just find myself kind of blindly going like, I'm just going to pick that show and that's going to be next. Yeah. I have a list, but it tends to be very heavily swayed. Like what's at the top is yeah. very much determined by the recommendations like if my one friend says oh you should watch this show it's good okay i'll add it to the list but then if like someone like you who we have a lot more similar interests when it comes to film and television you're like oh no this one's really good then that recommendation tends to precede it yeah for sure it's still a massive back catalog but i mean that's exciting hopefully it lives up to season one if it was any good i don't know i haven't seen it yet but (laughs) yeah i really liked season one um I actually thought it was a pretty good time. Um, and it was it, like, it was good prime quality. Like it, the quality of it reminded me of like the boys where it was like, okay, this is good quality. You know, there's a decent budget here. You know, the acting's pretty good. You know, the story's pretty good. Um, you know, like all, all around good. Like, I don't know that it's better than the boys, um, but it's totally a solid show that, that I had a really good time with and really liked. And Yeah. I'm totally down for a second season. I'm sure people are getting tired of me saying this, but I'll say it again. Amazon is absolutely killing it lately on their streaming platform. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're doing good. They're doing good stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. 
like they don't but disney oh go ahead i was gonna say like i i think the big thing with amazon is like you're not getting as much original content as like a netflix but the ratio to like quality content versus quantity like is higher on prime because like you're not getting as much original but like the original that you are getting tends to be pretty good versus like i feel like there's a shit ton of netflix original stuff that probably isn't all that good right no there's definitely a lot of garbage on that feed yeah where it's like hey a new netflix original that you've never heard of you know whereas like prime is like ooh, a new original and like they don't do a ton of them so you look at it and go like they're usually like it seems like the quality is a little bit more maybe because they aren't doing as much right yeah it seems like netflix is plopping out just like normal cable-esque television series whereas like amazon is pulling out the big guns and doing like real network work yeah but that also could be too that like prime hasn't been like amazon prime hasn't been doing it as long as netflix so like yeah and the heyday of like like if you think amazon prime like they've really only been doing like good quality amazon prime shows for like a couple of years now versus well, there's like definitely netflix, netflix has been doing it forever right well there's definitely something to be said about you know the whoever's there first right like if you're the first yeah. one with your foot in the door that's going to take you a long way even if you may not be you know the best streaming service but the longest running right you've had yeah. more time to build up your viewership more time to build up your subscriber count yeah for sure so uh, that's why i think it's interesting how like everyone is out there now trying to make a streaming service and i see i feel like you're just going to see a lot of fucking flops yeah pretty much like QB, for example. Yeah, QB what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, th- I think they're still active though right now. Like I haven't bothered to fucking yeah. look, but I, th- I, I think they're still alive. I saw an article the other day that they're uh, they're doing a fugitive TV show. Like they're rebooting the fugitive with um, oh shit, Kiefer. Yeah, with Kiefer and yeah, I, I, I was saw like, that oh. too. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, I'm, I'm still probably not gonna check check out that service, but. I I, I'm not going to lie because I think when you sign up you can get like a one month free trial and considering that like their whole platform is to be like short serviceable bites yeah instead of you know 20 or 45 minute like the traditional length of of a of a show yeah they're trying to they're doing like 10 minute episodes right so that you can it's you know for the people that you know commute to work and just have 10 minutes on the train right yeah so it's an interesting take and i feel like obviously if they would have done their marketing properly because i mean that one that one episode we sat down and went through a list of like the big name actors they have doing big name fucking shows there and like for the most part neither of us has heard of any of these shows and didn't know any of this stuff was happening right so like they probably could have done a lot better if they would have been better with their marketing maybe they were too reliant on hiring big names and thinking the big names were going to do all the marketing for them and they wouldn't have to spend a cent that obviously yeah. blew up in their face but nonetheless i'm still curious enough that i might try the one month trial because there are several shows on there that i'm like i'm i'm curious about this and i really want to see how well a tv series can be done in you know eight ten minute episodes as opposed to you know 22 22 minute long episodes right i'm i'm very very curious so it's it's on my list of things to check out i haven't gotten around to it yet but i'm curious 
Yeah, and like maybe one day I'll kid, like try it out, but like I like to me the appeal of like uh, bite-sized TV shows like that just doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. So like I'm not I'm not the art the audience for that. Um, that's fair. You know, if I had if I was you know in a in a metro city where I was like taking the bus to work or something like that, sure I might try it. But well, and uh, and like they don't do. As far as I know, unless things have changed or unless I'm just misinformed, which is very possible, I'm pretty uneducated on a lot of things here. Uh, it's it's mobile only, right? So you download oh, for really? Android or iOS, but you can't like there's no uh, Fire TV stick app for like the Amazon Fire TV. I don't think you can get an app for like Samsung TVs or if you have a Roku, oh. I don't think it's on there because it's designed to be 10 minute bite-sized television on the go they stuck to just the mobile platform which i mean like if you look at the numbers the majority of like if you look at people who watch netflix or youtube it's something like 70 or 80 percent like the vast majority of the of those services are actually consumed using smartphones as opposed to on computers or on televisions so i can understand why they might go that route but for the most part like I'll check out a YouTube video on my TV, but it's for me personally, it's very rare that I'll watch an episode of something on Prime or Netflix or Crave or any of those on my phone. Because if I want to sit down and enjoy a television show, I want to sit on my couch. I want to turn on the big screen, put the surround sound on and actually enjoy it. Yeah. And you saying that like it's limited to mobile only like that to me, like almost that like for me, that straight up goes like I'm probably just not going to try that because like I just don't watch stuff on my phone usually. You know, unless it's like a YouTube video, like while I'm sitting on the toilet or something. And if I am watching something on my phone, it's because I'm Chromecasting it to a TV. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's if it's I didn't know that it was just on the phone only. So like if that's the case, that makes me less inclined to even think about trying it, to be honest, because that's totally fair. Again, don't quote me on that. I, yeah. I thought that's what I read somewhere, but like. I was super underwhelmed by it and didn't even know about it for the longest time that I never dug into it. So, I mean, could be completely wrong, but yeah. So could be, mm-hmm. maybe we can get them to sponsor the show. <laughs> maybe we'll advertise for you. Quibi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Although it'll I, help you any, but, and I don't, I don't even know if I'd be the right person to fucking advertise Quibi. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, you guys remember Quibi? Me neither. But we yes. about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a trial code. <laughs> um so another so yeah. news. Yeah, Disney Plus and Mulan. See, yeah. I, I we've we've talked about this before mm-hmm. about streaming services charging a premium for their th- yeah. theatrical movies. And I've I've read a ton of people are just absolutely fucking furious about this. And I understand to an extent, but I think their their anger is misplaced. Well, yeah, and I, and they, I don't I don't think it's fair because I think the the expectation is like there's never been a streaming service that has been like you've got or it's like hey you're paying this monthly fee, and there's never been a streaming service where it's like okay we're gonna give you this here's a netflix original but you're gonna give us another five dollars that hasn't happened yet right mm-hmm. so i feel like that's where the anger was is people were like oh if they put it on disney plus like we'll just get it right and like well, and- disney going well no like this is like 
a, a kind of a theater release like it's on there and you've got to have Disney Plus and you've got to subscribe to it but you also got to give us 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah, so like for those who don't know what we're talking about instead of and I don't know if they're still going to do a theatrical release or if it's just strictly Disney Plus now. But if you are a Disney Plus subscriber, you can pay an additional $30 and get yep. Mulan instead of having to wait or for it to come out in theaters or go see it in theaters if it even ever comes to theater. I didn't get clarification as to whether it is still it is, it is still doing. So they're going to do the this VOD thing and then they're going to do uh, like kind of what Tenant's going to do where it's like, okay, here, there's this place in the world that's relatively safe and reopening. So we're going to launch it here. Gotcha. And I want to I'm sorry go ahead no go ahead you want to say i said i want to say um and i'm not seeing it in this article but i want to say i saw it in another article um when i saw this news but i want to say when you pay that premium of 30 dollars, you have it as long as you've got your disney plus membership like i like i don't think it's a rental thing so i want to oh, say... really i i thought i read that you get it for 48 hours hmm you can watch it as many times as you want but it's only active for 48 hours is what I thought I read. I could be wrong. Um, I'm just going to quickly look it up here. But either which way though, I'm, I'm all for it. We've talked about it before. I think Mm -hmm. this is how the future is going to go. And I understand people are being upset because it's like, Oh, I pay five bucks a month for fucking Disney plus. I shouldn't have to play for Mulan. Well, yes and no. I mean, at the same, like this wasn't, of course it would have come to Disney plus eventually, but now instead of having to go to the theater to see it, you can see it at home, which I think is a much better price. Cause let's be realistic. You go to a movie theater with your kids, like you take, even if it's just you and one child, like let's say you have one kid and your husband or your wife is at work. So it's just you and the kid, right? You're still looking at $30 minimum just to buy the tickets to go see the movie. Not oh, to mention, sure. you know, you got to take the time to go drive there, carve out the time of the day. Maybe you got to take the day off from work. I don't know. I mean, a bunch of different factors. But then while you're there, of course, the kid wants popcorn and their mm-hmm. miniature drink and their little fucking toy. And of course, you know, you're going to want something to drink, maybe something to eat too. So like just for two of you, oh yeah, you're talking, you're talking $40, $50, right? Oh, this easily. way, $30 easily. and the whole family can do it. Or, you know, you invite your your brother and their kids over. So you have like a kid's movie night, you know, you can go sit in the back and play cards and you know, the six kids can sit down and watch Mulan. And at the end of the day, you're, you're saving money. I think it is a much more viable option, especially for those who I think get overlooked all the time or the families that can't. Oh yeah. Like it's not that they can't afford to go to the theater with their kids, but you know, maybe mom works days, dad works nights and, you know, life happens, so it's not very, it's not easy for them to have a family movie matinee kind of thing, right? Yeah. At, with this, anytime you want, you yeah. just plop your kids down, you pay the price, okay, it sucks, but you're going to spend that at a movie theater anyway. Oh, for sure. And you do get it as long as you have the subscription. So you pay $30 and you get it until you cancel your Disney Plus. Okay. So, so and, and again, like that, that's an option, but I mean, I'm willing to bet after a certain amount of time, it's going to release for free. Oh, probably. So, I mean, if you're not in a rush to see it, yeah, just here's wait. the thing. Don't pay the 30 fucking dollars. And just wait. You know? Yeah. Wait four months and it's going to come out there and you can watch it on there for free or pay the $30 and enjoy it right now instead of paying 50 plus dollars to go to the theater and see it. Like, yeah. To me, this is a win-win. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And yeah, I, I think... 
like where people were probably getting uh, upset about it is like because this is the first time a streaming service has been like, no, you got to pay up like in addition to your monthly cost. Right. But even then, like, I think anyone with, you know, a little bit of common sense would go, okay, like, okay, like a, a big budget, you know, movie that's coming to theaters that's still going to go to theaters, but they're also going to launch it on this. Like in my mind, like, yeah, of course you're going to pay something to watch that. Like, yeah. but uh, maybe we're in the minority because we're, we're so into um, how a lot of this stuff works, but yeah, maybe. And I, I, like, I just, I, 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 I see and understand how people would be upset yeah. about this, but I really think people need to take a step back. Yeah. You know, and just kind of look at the grand scheme of things where it's like either which way, if you want to see this movie in the next like two to three months, you're paying a minimum of $30, whether you like it or not. This way yeah. you can do it at home and you have it forever. As long as you have yep. that subscription service, sorry, yep. but you have it as long as you have the subscription oh, service. Sure. So you're saving money. You have constant yep. access, you know, like this, this is a win. Stop complaining. And for those who are complaining, cause I saw a lot of people bitching too, that they don't have Disney plus and they don't want Disney plus, but they want to see Mulan still take a step back because this is a fucking win because instead of $30 now we're talking $35 which is yeah. still going to be less than if you were to go sit down and have a movie night at the theater and on top of that now you're going to get 30 days access to Disney Plus which is full yeah of really good content for the most part yeah yeah and I, like i feel like that argument of like oh i don't want disney plus or i don't want any of this and i don't want to see mulan like okay like there's other options then like wait and watch it in a the theater yeah or like we'll wait for a blu-ray like like i feel like that argument is almost null and void because like are those same people saying that you know if they don't have a prime account or a, a netflix account like are they getting super pissed that they can't watch stranger things anywhere but netflix yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we're we're just in the golden age of people like to complain for the sake of complaining. Yeah, that's true. Like it seems like the world, especially in 2020, we're just getting overrun by Karens. <laughs> Probably. Like yeah. just just deal with it. This is no matter which way you slice it, you're gonna yeah. pay the same, if not more, whether you do Disney Plus or you yeah. see it in a theater. Like this just offers you substantially more convenience, plus you get a myriad of other stuff. And oh, like, yeah, sure. let's like a lot of people, like I've talked to people who are like, why would I, who I've like, don't have Disney plus. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, oh, I'm surprised. Like I have Disney plus and I love it. And they're like, why would I want Disney plus? I don't want to fucking watch Toy Story and the Lion King. And it's like, well, Disney plus is Disney. Yeah. It's Pixar. Yeah. But it's also Fox. Yeah. It's also National Geographic. Like yeah. there is a ton of stuff on there. That's not little kid cartoons. Yeah. But I, I bet, I bet the like a good percentage of the general populations has no idea that Disney bought Fox or that Disney owns national Ge geographic. I bet most people don't even know that. Yeah. ESPN too. For those of you who are unaware, yeah. they own ESPN. Yeah. Like I, I bet most people don't know that. So unless they see an ad and like, I remember seeing ads for Disney plus on TV and they made sure to show like, Hey, look, we've got the Simpsons. We've got ESPN, you know, we've got Nat Geo, you know, um, but, yeah, there's there's a lot on there. I think I think that streaming service is highly underrated for what they offer because it, it isn't just kid show. But yeah. you know what? I was completely sold on it and I will be a lifetime Disney Plus subscriber solely for the fact that they have every episode, all the seasons, 
of Boy Meets World and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's enough for me to sign on to Disney Plus for life because I'm a sucker for my 90s nostalgia to the good old days when I was a kid and felt good. So those two shows alone, yep, I'm Disney Plus for life. Oh, yeah. I, I love, I, I get nostalgic about like the 90s like cartoons. Like on my Flex server, I got like Batman the Animated Series and like Gargoyles and shit like that. Oh, yeah, and they have, they have others. Like they got Recess on there, Doug, yeah. Hey Arnold, like... Oh yeah, I love take me that. back to the good old days. Like, I, I think I've recently Disney Plus is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a pretty good service. I think when you look at it, um, and I think when you look at everything that Disney has and what they'll probably continue to get, I think it's it's a good thing. The other interesting thing in this article is they say, like, they explicitly say that like this is a one-off thing that they're not planning to do this for other movies. I, well, I'm sure they're just saying that, but I bet if they make a ton of bank off this, which then, let's be honest, they're going to make a ton of bank off this. Yeah. I think they're going to start doing more like that. And again, I'm all fucking mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, I, I bet how much money this does. You know, I bet you when they look at it and then they compare it to the box office numbers, like if that works out and like the box office numbers are still kind of are like not close to what they projected, but like if they kind of do some metrics that combine the two and they, and it does substantially better. I, then I bet they look at it and I bet once things get back to normal, they maybe do a couple of other trials. Like, yeah, maybe you won't see like the first big Marvel movie when, you know, all of this pandemic shit's handled, try this out, but maybe like a smaller Disney tries it out and maybe they start like, small like kind of leading into it smaller i don't mm-hmm. know but. but like like honestly like if like so i i don't care i've seen the mulan cartoon when i was a child but i'm not dying to see the mulan live action so i mean i personally i ain't gonna pay 30 bucks for it don't care no, but neither. you know what if tomorrow they were like oh guess what next week we're gonna do black widow on disney plus for 30 dollars oh yeah i'm not gonna lie i'm buying black widow for 30 bucks and watching it right then and there on my couch in my living room yeah, I'd probably do that. Yep. Yep. Like I, I'm not the I'm not the audience for for a live action Mulan, and I didn't really like. I'm a sucker for those old Disney uh, like princess and hero cartoons, and mm. I thought that the original Mulan was pretty decent. You know, it wasn't my favorite. So when this came around, I was like, okay, like yeah, maybe I'll watch that eventually. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I, again, in the long run, I think this is I think this is cheaper. Like just. Like the la- the last movie me and my uh, fiance went and saw. I mean, granted, this was like a couple of weeks ago. We went and saw the Birds of Prey. So yeah. because this was like the reintroduction of theaters, Cineplex is doing five dollar movie tickets across the board. So I mean, that's a different story. But you know, prior to the la- the last movie we saw together, which I couldn't tell you which one it was, but I know we paid about fourteen bucks each a ticket. So that's you know we'll just round up for simplicity. That was thirty dollars just to get in the door for the two of us. And then yep. of course she wants popcorn. I want my M and M's. We both want drinks. That was another twenty five thirty dollars a concession. Oh, yeah. sure. You know, so by the time we actually sit down in the theater, we're sixty sixty five dollars deep, right? This is half that. Pop your own popcorn at home. Go to Walmart. Two dollars. Yeah, like you're saving money here, people. Oh yeah, for sure. I think so. And like at least where we're at like if you go to um like an opening night movie at like six or seven o'clock two adult tickets is 30 bucks Mm -hmm. and like this has 
there's no limits. This is one ticket for $30 and you could cram seven people in your living room to watch it. Right. Yeah. Split the cost. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, and again, like I'm sure like a lot, like a, a lot of smart TVs support 3d and 3d glasses are dirt cheap. So you could go that route. I mean, like if you wanted to see a 3d movie at the theater, you're more than $15. If you want to see something in IMAX, you're up past 20. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I think this is a good thing. And I think it's, I don't understand why people are mad at mad, but I also don't understand why people are mad most of the time. So, yeah. And let's, and you know what? The people who are coming out ahead on this overall, again, not that I openly support it, full disclaimer, but as soon as this is released on Disney Plus and it'll be a high quality, at least 1080p, probably I'm going to guess that they'll release it in 4K. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. Disney Plus supports 4K. So, I mean, and again, I don't support it. But as soon as this comes out online, for fuck's sakes, the amount of, you like, you'll be able to pirate it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's you'll you'll be able to open up Exodus or Gaia and your Cody, and you'll be able to watch it for fucking free. Whereas typically, if it's in theaters, you got to wait until DVD screeners or, you know, until a week before they actually come out on Blu-ray before the good quality leaks end up online. Yep. So, I mean... Yeah, this is just a win for everybody. It's it's a win for people who want to stay at home and save money. It's a win for people who aren't able like able to go to the theaters because yeah. it's inconvenient, and yeah. it's a big win for the pirating community. Yeah. Like, everybody's kicking a goal here. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like and like, if anyone's listening, like this, our thoughts on this should be should not be news. Like we've been big proponents of this since I think we talked about something similar in our first week. Like. To me, this is just no brainer. Like, yeah, this is the way studios should be doing it from now on. Yeah, and and I think once Disney sees, like, I and Mulan's a weird one because I don't know how well Mulan would have done domestically, right? Like that movie's probably internationally. Yeah, and so yeah, like I'm curious. I don't know. The article doesn't say anything about like region locking it on disney plus so i i'm gonna assume that they don't do that but who knows yeah like the first paragraph in this is like mulan will bypass american theaters and go straight to disney plus so like they don't explicitly say anything but i could totally take that statement mean like meaning like american disney disney plus gets mulan yeah i don't i don't think that's the case like i think if they're putting it on disney plus i think it goes to everything yeah, I would imagine. But like, that'd be something else they could do. Is like, I don't think they would do that. But, but yeah, Mulan's a weird one to get metrics because I, I don't know that domestically you would get a whole lot of people maybe paying. I, I it's a Disney movie. I still think yeah. domestically it's going to do quite well. But I mean, yeah, yeah realistically, internationally, it's going to do substantially more. Than what it would do domestically but i mean yeah. it's still a disney blockbuster it's still gonna make bank it just wonder, uh, typically makes more bank outside of the u.s than it does within but what i could see happening is like like i don't imagine the domestic projections were like killer for mulan like in america but what i like what i'd be curious about is like them doing this if like their subscribers to disney plus and the this thirty dollars if that surpasses the domestic projections, what their tune is after that. Cause if they're literally just like, Oh, we projected like 
call it 250 million domestically and like all of a sudden they were just like oh we we got like 350 uh, or like 300 million in rentals and we got you know like a bunch of new disney plus subscribers yeah and i think that's the real draw here i think people are focusing on the oh this is outrageous they're trying to you know sucker 30 dollars out of me to watch mulan no there's and i think disney plus is what they're doing yeah i think i think it's like one of the old like i'm gonna point this way so you're not looking at my other hand yeah well it's it's because that's definitely what it is because oh yeah they don't have they they what they projected they would get in subscribers in their first year of Disney Plus was less than what they, like, how many they got was less than what they projected or were hoping for in their first year. Yeah. Not that, like, the numbers are bad, but they were hoping to do better. And understandably so. I mean, Disney's a big thing, and they just haven't reached the subscriber count that they were hoping for. But you start pulling shit like this, and even if people only subscribe for a month and then cancel, if you have a a, a plan where you do this, right... There's going to be those who subscribe and go, okay, I'm going to stay. So that's a fucking win. You're going to have those who only do it for a month and then leave. But then two months later, you do it again with another big Disney movie and they subscribe again and then leave. So like, it's almost like you're having full-time subscribers again. And it's going to, it's going to inflate the shit out of those subscriber numbers. And at the end of the day, I think that's what they're hoping for. Oh yeah. No, I can, I can almost guarantee that, that the, this is, it's, it's not to get you to pay $30 for the rental. They're charging $30 for the rental because they know they can. But like that's the cherry on top of just getting Disney Plus subscribers. Like I mm-hmm. I I can almost guarantee that that's that's for sure. Uh, that's the main plan of this is like getting Disney Plus subscribers and getting people in that at may look at it, maybe go, oh wow, there's actually a ton of shit on here that I didn't realize before. And maybe I'll maybe I'll stick around and sub to this, you know. Yeah, or how many people who sub to it, and when you sub, you never just sub for a month. You mm-hmm. sign up for reoccurring monthly subscriptions. And you forget and how many people forget. Mm-hmm. I know I've subbed for certain things. And then three months later, I'm like, what the fuck? What is this $10 for? Yeah. Uh, what? Dazzin? What? And then you're like, I remember this. Uh, right. I forgot to unsubscribe from that. Mm-hmm. That's why usually what I do is if I only plan on using something for a month, I go straight into the account right after I subscribe and just cancel it. And then it mm, that's fair. That. There are those services that I keep hearing about that I haven't personally used them yet where you can set up individual specialized credit cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you use your main credit card, but you make a sub pseudo credit card for Spotify and a sub pseudo credit card for Netflix and Disney and Crave. And you use those like made up credit cards for those services and you can set time limits on them. Like in three months, this card expires. Oh, in yeah. one month, this card expires. And then also if your account gets hacked... You They're taking pay. credit card that can't be used anywhere other than Disney Plus because it's not a real credit card. Yeah, that, that's a smart service. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, that's the Mulan drama, which is an interesting parlay into the other piece of news that we're going to talk about here, which is the AMC Universal deal there with their theatrical window. Yes, in the uh, Cinemark, I guess one of the <laughs> not top theater in, in the states but i guess like the second one maybe um is is very critical about that deal that was just made yeah of course they are because they want move they want movie theater bank yeah and when i first read this one thing i totally forgot about is um and i'm pretty sure this is still the case nowadays but like when i worked in the movie theater like 
your theater's get a percentage off of the ticket sale and it's not much when it starts like it's like mm -hmm. on the first weekend it's maybe only like 15 percent of the ticket and one thing I've, i didn't think about last week is like a 17 day release window in the theater like what what do the cuts look like for that is it still 15 percent you know because at the end of three weeks that percentage is maybe 25 maybe 30 percent yeah but it's you not know, a whole lot. No, so it's like I wonder if that deal included like oh, it drastic changes in percentages, you know, over those three weekends or not. I don't know, and like they wouldn't disclose that. But yeah, well, and I bet like even if it didn't have percentages, like if if the the theater takes a bigger cut every week that the movie is out, right? Because obviously the the studios want to recoup as much as they can off the get go, and that's. Why, like you said, like the opening week, it's 15%, and then it kind of gradually goes up, but only in smaller inc increments, right? Yeah. Right? So I'm I'm sure, like, you know, we have the cheap theater here where they play older movies, and I'm sure they make oh, a yeah. decent cut on it because they're, because oh, yeah. it's, you know, it's an old theater, right? Like, we call them, yeah. like, the cheap theaters. Yeah. and th that's But if this stuff starts going video on demand, I bet, you know, like, Cinemark is probably pissed, not because I'm, and I don't know, right? Because maybe they did change how the cuts are going to work but even if they didn't change the cuts who's going to pay 15 dollars to go see it in the theater when now they can get it video on demand for five or ten bucks right yeah, for so sure. you're not you're not fucking with their initial you know 15 percent skim they're getting worried because they want it to stay in theaters longer because the longer it's in theaters the more of a cut they get right so this is gonna yeah. i think this is going to be detrimental to their long game with certain films yeah because, I mean, like, I've gone to the theater here, like our local theater, you know, three, four weeks after a movie's premiered, and the theater is still very, very busy, and, like, you still, oh, yeah. you know, maybe there's, like, five or six empty seats. It's not fully packed, but it's still really, really busy, because there are those people who are like, yeah, it's too busy and too crowded on opening night. I'll just wait two weeks, and, mm -hmm. you know, there'll be less people there, and I'll go see it. So, I mean, if you start... So, like, I'm imagining they still make... A big chunk of their money maybe even more money comes from after the initial two weeks of a theatrical release oh it does like uh theaters really only make money on tickets like after week three like three to four week like after that first three to four week run that's when they really make money off the tickets yeah so i can imagine they're pretty chapped and not happy with this because you know if that window becomes 15 16 days you know we're talking like just over two weeks now you're cutting into when they can actually make real fucking money off these films and that's gonna hurt because again like i'm not i'm not gonna pay 15 dollars to go see a movie in the theater three weeks later when i can video on demand it for five yeah and or like 10 yeah and like another weird thing about like this whole cinema criticizing this is like that deal uh between universal and amc like cinemark's not a part of that so like by by all accounts universal movies still need uh, like yeah it's weird like yeah no i yeah i feel you here like it'll be interesting to see what happens because I'm yeah. gonna, I'm bringing, I'm gonna bring this into another piece of news that we have posted a little further down here, that they've just like announced legally 
that movie studios can now own their their own theaters, which apparently yeah. I didn't realize was a law that as a movie studio you couldn't own a movie theater, but now you can. Yeah. Yeah, and I think real... that's going to have these big boys really fucking shaking in their boots. Oh yeah, for sure. And like we can even we can throw that story up further if we want to be in that it ties into this. Um cuz yeah, like th- that was their um because then you couldn't have like a studio saying like, "Oh, we we've got we we bought the biggest movie theater chain." And now we're just straight up just playing Disney movies. Like we won't play anything else. Right. I think that would be bad business for a studio to buy, yeah. you know, like let's say Disney bought AMC and was like, Hey, we're only playing Disney movies here. Like, I mean, like they're still going to make money, but if they're only playing Disney movies, they're not making as much money yeah. as they could be if they were open to all other studios. Yeah. But it is interesting because if a studio did, you know, you know, not necessarily buy out one of these bigger chains, but start opening theaters in, you know, major city hubs yeah, across North America, but still were open to playing other movies. But, you know, their movies got special premieres and special features and added stuff. And, you know, they got the bigger, better screens than these other movies. Right. Like, that's definitely going to that's going to change the game. Yeah, and like just like talking about um, that studio that can own movie theaters, like yeah, you say like I I I bet that makes the other movie theaters shake, but like at the same time, like I honestly don't think uh, big studios are going to invest in movie theaters. No, I I think we're past the point where that. I mean, it's it's interesting to see that they can now legally, but I yeah, I don't see you know like Universal, Paramount, you know WB, Disney. Fox like I don't see any of those it's just way too much money to enter that market now considering all these other big cinematic players you know movie chains already have theaters set up across the country that are very well established like that would be a really hard market to try and push into but I wouldn't be surprised that being said if we saw just you know some niche specialties you know theaters like if la opened up a paramount four screen theater that only showed paramount movies like stuff like that i could definitely see but i don't see any of the studios no opening 500 different theaters across the united states and then you know gradually moving into 200 theaters across canada no right like that just seems like way too much fucking money to put in for not a big return yeah like when you think of where a studio wants to spend their capex right now you know, you, you already see where they're spending it, right? It's it's studio, it's other studio acquisitions, and you know, it's online platforms. You know, so mm-hmm. and, and you know that's the strategic you know plan for pretty much. You look at any big studio, and that's what they're doing, right? You, you know, they're it's it's acquiring other studios and it's building up an online platform, and investing in physical locations is totally counterintuitive to that, right? Yeah. You, you know where you could see this um, picking it up is like smaller studios, like a like a Lionsgate or something like that, where it's just like okay, maybe they want to get into the theater business because they're just small enough that it works out, right? Like a Lionsgate isn't going to make a streaming platform. Let's no, probably not. Or but, when you look at places like Netflix, though, right? Like Netflix bought what was it, the famous Chinese theater in yeah. LA? Yeah, I think that's the one. Don't I, I could be wrong on that, but I know Netflix did purchase. A theater so that they can but again it's a niche market like they don't it's not like they have multiple theaters they own a theater in la 
where yeah. you can go and watch Netflix, you know, original movies when they come out, but, you know, get the theater experience with it instead of watching it at home. Which yeah. I'm all for and support that move. I think that's a smart play. And I'm pretty sure. But I don't think it would be smart for Netflix to open, you know, 500 theaters across North America. No, and I'm pretty sure the only reason Netflix bought that theater is for that weird Oscar rule that you had to premiere in like one theater for so long. Like, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. the reason they bought that is because then they were just like, we can force that theater to play that movie for this very stupid time window just to get into the Oscars. <laughs> so I'm oh, yeah, sure for sure. That's why they bought it is because then they're like, we can just put it in our own theater. You know, that's, that's a pretty yeah, no, I, thing to yeah. get into. Absolutely. But I mean, like if Netflix had a theater here, like that, uh, that Netflix original they did with Chris Hemsworth, the military yeah. one. Yeah. I would have paid 10 bucks to actually see that in theaters. Yeah, for sure. But like, I feel right? like at that point, Netflix should just start making deals with fucking theater chains, you know, which they, they've done, right? You know, yeah, yeah, they have done that in the past. Yeah, they've done them in the past. So I feel like if that's the route they want to go, and and I totally don't think that's the route they want to go. Um, I think that was the route they had to go to get Oscar consideration, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I feel like there was a, a few of those Netflix movies that instead of just doing that whole like one week in this one theater, they just rolled it out to everything and made a deal to try it out. But like that doesn't seem like it's Netflix's game. Like if they're making a movie, they want it on Netflix, right? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. There's little incentives, though. I mean, you could be like, oh, if you show up and, you know, like if you're a Netflix member, you can log on to your Netflix account and print off a special certificate. So when you go to the theater, instead of paying 10 bucks for a ticket, you pay five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. like Not that they would ever do that. But yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. But yeah, no, like it's it's an interesting thing that like I I think if this if this judge ruling would have happened six years ago, this would have been a totally different conversation. And I would have said, yeah, movie theaters should probably like be a little worried because five, six years ago, you know, the groundwork for the streaming infrastructure and that's, it wasn't where it was. Plan. Yeah. Like it was like just getting started. Right. You know, so if this happened five or six years ago, I would have been like, yeah, that like things would like, this would have been a totally different conversation, but this in 2020, like, I don't want to say it means nothing, but at the same time, I kind of want to say that it means nothing because I, just, well, if you don't, if, if you don't want to say it, I'll say it, it means nothing. Like, let's, yeah. let's just be honest here. The future is on yeah. demand streaming yeah. platforms, right? Like you're, if you want to get your bang for your buck, you go with a streaming service, but yeah. you do it right and partner, right? Yeah. Like to, cause to, again, in like, I mean, we're technically jumping through our list here, but I feel these all kind of interconnect really well is like CBS is building their own streaming platform right now. Not to be confused with whatever their CBS thing is now. CB- I think it's actually called CBS now or some shit like that. Yeah. Where like you, and if you, if you were a member of like the CB- CBS All Access, that's what it was. You could watch a bunch of their older shit and that gave you access to like the Big Brother live feeds. But now they're like going all in, all in and building like an actual streaming platform to rival netflix and hulu and disney plus and prime video and i think this you're too late to the fucking party like yeah. i think the the smart play there would be for them to try and partner and make contracts and exclusive deals with already powerful streaming services like I, they should i don't think they should i don't think anyone should partner with hulu personally but that's yeah. just because we don't get hulu up here yeah 
which drives me nuts. Like, I think your better play is to partner with a streaming service that is global and yeah. not strictly region locked to the United States. Yeah. So, like, that's that's the fucking play for sure. Because you, you're just fra- you're fracturing the audience. Like, I I mean, I well, fuck. I'm sure we're we have the same ones, but like, I am on net. I have Netflix. I have the Crave like premium premium with HBO and Stars mm-hmm. and Showtime. Yeah. And I have Disney Plus and I have Prime Video. I'm about to get QB so I can get in on that action. Like I have all these streaming services, but realistically inside of the year, I'm chopping these down because I don't need all of these streaming services. Yep. And I I think it's a waste of money to pay, you know, ten or fifteen dollars for a streaming service that only offers, you know, one show I may watch. Like the only reason I have Crave yep. Is because I need Crave to get fucking HBO because they don't do a standalone HBO here. If they did yeah. a stand standalone HBO in Canada, I wouldn't have Crave. Yeah, for sure. And the only reason, I mean, maybe things would be different now, but you know, about a year ago, the only reason I have Prime Video was because I'm a Prime member. Yeah. It wouldn't have been something. Now it's a little different because now they got some really amazing content. So the tables have, yeah. have turned a little here. But I mean, a year ago, if I wasn't a Prime member, oh yeah, I, I wouldn't. wouldn't have paid for Prime Video. No, me neither. And like this article is weird because like the headline that they get you with is studios can now own movie theaters. But when you look at what's changed with these judge rulings, the interesting part is like they barely even cite it in the article is like this judge ruling also lifts restrictions on studios being able to do like block booking, which means like you can play... here's black widow but to play black widow and aim these theaters we now require you to play all these other movies that you maybe don't want to and that's the condition so that's what that is yeah so it's like that's that to me is the bigger news is because now studios could be like yo you want to play black widow all right sure but you've got to play some of these other smaller movies that we want to actually make some money on but that you normally wouldn't have picked up because you know you're going to make nothing on it. But now we want you to play it so that we can make something on it. Right? That to me seems like the bigger news and they barely touch on it. Yeah, that's interesting. I was wondering what that was, but I wasn't sure. So I just kind of like in one eye, one eye and out the other kind of thing when I was reading it. But that's, but I mean, they kind of do that anyway, right? Like, I mean... Like, if you want, uh, you know, the big blockbusters like Star Wars, right? Like, you have to agree to play that fucking film. And, like, you would know this better than anyone. Like, I'm sure when you were working at the theater, there was movies that you guys would get and movies that you guys probably passed on because some of these big studios, Disney, Universal, whatnot, would only allow you to have the movie if you played it for a minimum of five or six weeks, right? Like, because what is Star Wars? I think Star Wars is you have to do a minimum of two months yeah and i don't i'm trying to remember and it, it would have been different when i did it because it would, would have been like oh shit that would because well, like, i remember you and i having a conversation years ago when you were still working at the theater yeah. and i don't recall what movie it was like for some reason harry potter is coming to mind but i could be completely fucking off on this but i remember you and i having this conversation where i was like oh is this movie coming to the theater and you went no it's not and i went well what the shit like I want to see it and it would have been cool to, you know, support my local theater kind of thing. And the explanation you gave me is for that movie to come to the theater and that the theater has three screens, right? Yeah. 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 You told me that in order to get that that movie at your theater, it would have had to have stayed and played there for a minimum of like four or six weeks. 
And that's yeah. why you guys didn't pick it up and it wasn't coming to that theater. Yeah, and that sounds right. And like, I don't know if those rules still apply, but like that was totally a thing. And when you're dealing with like a smaller, like three screen theater, you know, you had to look at what was upcoming, right? Like if you had say a Harry Potter movie and it was like, okay, you got to hold it for six weeks. It, that leaves you with two screens. And if you look at the staggered, you know, weekly releases and you got two other big blockbusters coming out and then the third and the fifth week, you might want to hang on to something and not still have this movie, you know, on its sixth week. Right? Occupying a screen, yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is I think you definitely have to um, play to your audience, right? Like yeah. like the theater that we're talking about, that's a small town. Like their population's 15,000, right? Yeah. You're not going to fill those seats for six weeks weeks straight. No, God, no. You gotta I think get- you'd be hard-pressed yeah. to fill those seats for a full week. After that point, I think you're pretty much you're playing a fucking movie with barely anyone in there. Yeah. Like if I remember lately, like, like the most we would ever keep something is like maybe three weeks. If it was like something big that like still brought in a decent amount of people, Mm -hmm. like your big stuff. Right. But other than that, like it was, you moved it out because it was, you know, it's totally going to be different in like a big metro area. Right. Um, But at least, you know, in the situation I had, it was just like, it's a small town, you know, most of the people that are going to go to a movie are, you know, going to see what's their opening weekend. You know, they're not going to want to, you know, see that. They're not going to want to wait, right? They want what yeah coming out that weekend. So, so yeah, like I, like I almost feel like that's the bigger news in this news news article, and they just barely touch on it. But, but at the same time, like I also don't think big you know studios are gonna enact that anyway right so yeah yeah for sure for sure but yeah so like that that brings us like around to like what i kind of interjected there briefly but like cbs right and their their streaming service like i definitely think that streaming platforms are the future yeah that's the way to go but i feel like so many of these companies are just going overboard with it yeah like like i mean what does like cbs has some like good shows and i mean they're home to big brother which is one of my favorite shows of all time right but at the same time like up here they share the rights with global right so if you're a stack tv member whatever you get all that shit live and you get all those access to all that stuff anyway yeah so like where's the incentive for me to pay cbs 10 or 15 dollars a month for their streaming service i mean and they're a network they're a full-on network, so they're not going to release anything exclusive to their streaming service. Maybe they will. I mean, maybe I'll eat my words later, but I highly doubt it because they want to make ad revenue, so they're going to put it on on their television network, right? Yeah. And they're just fracturing it, right? Like, I mean, like, because it was just recently, what was NBC announced their Peacock streaming service? Yeah, and from... Like, I can't wait to see the official numbers come out on that because, like, who the fuck is going to pay for that? Yeah, and like it's just, it's already out. And from everything I've read, like it's, it's not like I don't think people are like, oh, this is like I don't think people are like terribly hot on it. So, no, right? So like, where's the uh, where's the incentive for that kind of stuff? Yeah, like it's, it's this weird thing that uh, like everyone's trying to get into the streaming game. And everyone's trying to do their own thing. 
and it's you you look at it and like some people are doing it good uh some people are not like you even look at like uh like hbo max like they have tons of shit on there or they they have tons of stuff not on there that you think they should right like the harry potter movies aren't on there you're a warner brothers studio like and you don't have the harry potter movies on there like what the fuck (laughs) yeah right like and it's like or they don't have a bunch of the batman stuff right like it's so yeah it's it's this like weird time or like well isn't that partially due to the fact that wb also has like the they're another like it seems like wb is super fucking fractured in their streaming services right because like you can get like cw does like their own online streaming thing that you can be a member of to watch it sooner when it comes out and blah 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 and then so there's like cw and then wb has their shit going on but they also technically own like or hbo owns them or they own hbo whatever but there's the hbo streaming service and correct me if i'm wrong but doesn't dc have a streaming service as well yeah they do um so there's that and like the, the other weird thing too is is you know like before um like hbo maybe had hbo max right like they they might have had a deal with another streaming service to have all the harry potter movies on there right and it's like maybe that deal doesn't relapse for another like year and a half right so it's it's that awkward place of like yeah we have these movies but we made this deal so it's got to play somewhere else for a year and a half right mm-hmm. so it's yeah it, it, it's weird because it's everyone trying to get into the game way too late and way too quick now where they're not taking the time to set it up right um, and build it up like into something good. They're just kind of half-assing a streaming service together and going like, hey, you guys remember The Office, right? Like that's, that's on our streaming service now, right? You know, and it's like, that's that's not going to, that's going to sell a few people, but... Yeah, but not enough, right? Like, I, I feel like all these streaming services are doing, whether they realize it or not, and maybe they don't, but they go, oh, shit, look, Disney Plus making bank. Yeah. Prime Video making bank. Netflix making bank. We're a network. We have a bunch of original fucking content. We need to monetize this. We need to make bank on our own shit. So they oh, yeah. try to make their own streaming platform, and you're going to have people who are like, no, I already have three streaming services, not including my Spotify. Yeah. I'm not paying for another one. So they don't end up making bank. They dump all this money into software development, marketing, everything to push this out here. And they don't make fucking bank on it. Yeah. And all that's doing is now the people who are like, oh, I can only access that on Peacock streaming or CBS yeah. all access streaming. I'm not paying for that. What are my other options? Hmm. Yeah. Pirate. Yeah. And it's super weird too. Like, uh, like you look back at like, what Netflix paid to have like all of friends on there or all of the office. Like when they were making those deals, it was like, yeah, Netflix is paying like $700 million to have friends on their thing. Like, so when I look at that and then I look at like, you know, NBC making a real shitty streaming platform, you know, in the upfront, like CapEx to get all that started. Like you said, like your development costs and all of that. And then building up a user base. Like when I look at that, I just go, well, why don't you just keep making those those you know dump truck fucking money deals with Netflix and just keep shopping fucking the office out for 
half a fucking billion dollars for three years and yeah no that's that's exactly it (laughs) right like just like to me that seems like the smart play unless and like yeah you you know if you're um maybe you have some real old school shareholders that that maybe you don't aren't up to the times you know which is likely a a big case you know with a lot of these big oh absolutely um you know, so you, you have non-diver shareholders that aren't up with trends. So they go, oh, yeah, Disney Plus is doing gangbusters. Like you said, like, do this. We need to do this. You know, when maybe someone's smart in the room that that keeps up with the trends is going, well, why? When we can just make these really profitable deals that do nothing but just give us piles of money. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense that they would be like, oh, I'm going to dump a bunch of money into our own streaming service. Yeah. We're going to have friends on it and we're going to have the office. So like we're going to make bank here and it's like, oh, no, you're not because no one's going to subscribe to it because that shit's been out on Netflix and Prime and stuff forever. Like everyone's already seen it. And I'm I've seen every episode of The Office and Friends and like Parks yeah. and Recreation so many times over that if those get pulled from the streaming services that I already subscribe to, yeah. I'm not ponying up 10 bucks a month to rewatch them again on fucking no. Peacock. It's not happening, right? So no. instead of making this wicked deal where you just made eight hundred million dollars to let this streaming service play your show, yeah, now you're spending money to try and bring people on to watch the show. That like at this point, if if you're a fan of Friends, you've watched it all already. Like I don't think you're bringing in, and maybe you are to an extent, but you're not bringing in mass amounts of viewers to these no. older shows. No, at this point, right? Like, I don't think by having friends or the office on Netflix that you went from, oh, you know, half a billion people watched the office. Oh, it's on Netflix now. Oh, look, 250 million people who have never seen the office are now office fans. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you have some coming in who've never seen it, but for the most part, you're not bringing in record numbers. And you're certainly not bringing in enough numbers that if you were to go, okay, we're taking it off Netflix. Now it's only on our own. It's exclusively on our own platform. $10 is the price of admission. I don't think you're seeing people pay that $10 for that price of admission. No. And it's, yeah, it's, it's this, the problem that was kind of predicted a few years ago when streaming was getting bigger is like, you know, the prediction was like, yeah, everyone's like, it's four years ago. It was like, Oh, the age of cord cutting. Right. You know, yeah, and now, and when that started to get into the thick of it, you you know, a lot of people that looked back on it was like, yeah, it's in the age of cord cutting, but like, give it another few years, and you're going to run into the issue where it's going to be cable TV all over again, and there's 20 streaming services, and you've got to kind of pick which ones you want, and you're going to pay just as much, right? Well, and 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 that's just it. If you were to add up the cost of all of my streaming services right now, and I'm going to include Spotify in there because typically, if you subscribe to like. I don't know, Shaw, Telus Rogers are in the States, Dish, Comcast, what have you. You, you usually get, you know, like 100 channels of music. Yep. Oh, for sure. So yep. I'm I'm going to throw that in there, right? Like all of the subscription services I have, and I'll include Prime in there, even though I, bet I get way more bang for my buck than that. I'm probably up around $100 or close to. Yeah, I bet you're right around what the price of like a decent cable subscription would be with like the HBO crate package. Like I, I yeah. think not far off from that right so it, it, it's at the point now where it's just like you're you're subscribing to cable and getting it all or you're parsing it out and maybe you're a person that like i like right now i only have netflix and prime and the only reason i have prime is because it came, comes with my amazon prime mm-hmm. 
and like I, I now it's like you said before like it's at the point where i would pay for it now but like yeah it's getting to the point now where it's just like it's it's going to be too fractionalized and you're going to see people pick and choose and you're going to see a bunch of these streaming services that are like shit we're not pulling in the viewers and they're going to try and spend more money to make more money and it's going to be you know too late and yep. it's just it's just going to be a colossal flop and then as soon as they start losing a ton of fucking money with these failed ventures because they're too late into the game then you're going to see other studios pick them up I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Disney pick up another studio or two in the in the not too distant future because they're just burning money at an alarming rate in hopes that if they dump all this money right now, then you know five years down the road they're going to make serious bank on these endeavors. But the bottom line is, is they don't have the content, they don't have the subscriber count, yeah. and they just they're not going to make that money. Like I don't see Peacock being a viable success in the long term. Yeah. I think inside of ten years, without a doubt, you're going to see that fold. And then start selling off IPs to other streaming platforms to air again, just like how they let, you know, Netflix house <clears throat> Parks and Recreation and The Office in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. You're going to see them go back to those deals because they're just going to be bleeding money. And as a CEO, I think I think you're kind of an idiot if you're trying to push for this stuff because you're you're pushing yourself out of a fucking job here because yeah. they're gonna they're gonna look for a fall guy and they're gonna be like, you know, you were pushing this for five years and look. In the last five years, we've lost, you know, a billion dollars trying to make this thing come off the ground because you're an 80-year-old man and you think that, oh, Netflix did it, so we should be able to, too. Well, it's not. Times have changed. Yeah, but that's right? also, you know, when you look at, and this is like my my many years of business background, is like when you look at the, the, the incentives of most modern, you know, Viacom or like whatever, uh, studios the incentives for ceos are typically short-term based you know like where you've seen it paid paid off is like a bob Iger that you know had, had a incentive structure that you know kind of incentivized him to maybe think long term right and he did mm -hmm. and it's paying off right but i think these guys are looking long term and not realizing that long term this is a bad decision yeah too many people will go under the guise like look, we're going to lose money now. This isn't going to be great off the hop, but look, 10 years from now, this will be a game changer. 10 years from now, things will pay off and we'll be making money. And yeah. I think it's, they're looking to the future. Don't get me wrong. You should, you should look long-term yeah. in this industry, but I think they're looking long-term and they're not, they're not seeing it for what it is. And they're thinking it's going to be rough now, but long-term it's viable and not realizing that no long-term isn't going to work out you're you're too late to the game or your structure's not there like and see i bet money that they aren't actually looking long term i i bet they're looking extremely short term and just saying we've got to catch up yeah it's just it's too late and that's why like i i bet they're not looking past five years i bet they're just going we everyone's got a streaming platform we need one slap one together and we we've got to stay competitive. Like I bet you that that's what the thought process is. I bet not many of them are, are thinking long term strategically, like what you saw, like a Disney do or, or something like that. Well, and you know what I firmly believe is happening here is the real winners in all of this. Again, full disclaimer, don't condone it. But the the piracy groups, they're the ones who are fucking coming out ahead on this. Yeah, I mean, like you're always you're gonna need someone who has a subscription or an ability to get this shit. But as soon as it's shared online, it's like shared widely immediately across yeah. the board. And 
all you're doing by fractionalizing these people is like the ones who are like, hey, look, I pay $40 in subscriptions already. I ain't fucking paying another $10 for another one. They're going to turn to piracy and they're yep. still going to watch the content that they want to watch. And now you're not getting a cut because yep. their view, they're not paying you to see it. Oh, for sure. And then on top of that, if you're hosting it exclusively on your platform and not sharing it on another one, right? Like at least if you had it on your platform, but you still let Netflix have a chunk of it. Oh yeah, for sure. Then in that situation, Netflix would see high viewer counts for that show because you probably have a Netflix account. And then you have some ground to stand on when you renegotiate for terms for Netflix to keep running that show on their platform. Yep. But you make it exclusive to yours with not enough. People ain't going to pay it. They're going to pirate. Yep. And you're not going to. And like the other thing, too, I see happening all over the place is people trying to like shut down and block these piracy sites. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, in some instances you can, but but that's a to pop up right you know and it's well yeah you shut one down here it's going to open up in a country that doesn't have the same rules yeah and it's still going to happen again oh well okay we'll just block that ip address from being able to access okay no problem you just need a fucking vpn and some other routing software and then the door is wide open again and i guess for some that's definitely going to be a hassle but i mean we're at a point in time where it's really not difficult to watch anything you want at any point in time you want despite when it was released yeah like exactly. maybe you have to click a few more links and type in a few more things to get the show you want you got to put an extra five minutes of work it's not as easy as turning on your tv hovering over netflix and hitting play there's a little bit more to it but yeah. the people who don't want to pay for this shit they're still gonna fucking oh yeah for they're sure. gonna take that extra five minutes to do that kind of thing right so yeah. Yeah. no i, I you're just you're just hurting yourself yeah oh yeah but can i can i just say though real quick yeah that I get such an overjoyous feeling. Like I feel so fucking happy when I see like the year to year statistics of like how many subscribers cable companies had last yeah. year compared to the same time this year. And oh, yeah. I keep watching that number dip. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes me so happy. Oh Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I'm a huge proponent that I think cable is, Oh my God. I think we have 80 channels at our house right now. Yeah. We pay like we pay like a hundred dollars a month. We yeah. only actually watch well, and I don't watch any of it. My fiance yeah. actually only watches like two or three channels. Yeah. Nothing else gets watched in this house, but we still have to pay an exorbitant amount for yeah. that fucking for that trash. And it irritates the shit out of me. And I don't know what it's like in the States. I mean it's a little better because I've seen packages in the States where you get like fifteen hundred channels for eighty dollars a month. Okay, that's that's something I could get behind. We get fucked up here hard, and then they passed that ruling with the CRTC yeah. up here in Canada years ago that said, starting you know two years from now or whatever, everything has to be a la carte. You can offer bundles, but as a cable subscriber, you have to offer every channel individually at a price. So if someone wants to only pay for two channels, they only pay for two channels. Yeah, and I don't know how the fuck that ended up just like getting washed aside. Because it's not a thing here yet. Like for some of the premium ones, okay, yeah, you can buy FX individually and FXX individually, or you can get a bundle that has that plus three other channels. I'm totally fine with that. But there is still no a la carte up here. Because if that was the case, we would pay for like five channels total in this household and save a boatload of fucking money. Like brings me to that next point. Like there's options to do that. Like if you just want five channels, like 
you can go in your Amazon Prime right now and get like all the main like global news channels. They're free. They're mm-hmm. on. You just gotta click them, and you can actually subscribe to individual networks through Amazon Prime. And yep. you can do that same thing. Like uh, I'm a big Plex guy. Like I've got a my Plex server up and running. And if you have Plex Pass and you have an over the air thing, you can integrate that into your server and get all your local channels and be able to record that. Like there's ways to do it. It's just they're not. I guess the mainstream commercial ways, right? But, yeah, you have to be a little more technology yeah. intuitive to get some of that working. But yeah. even with like Amazon Prime, like when I when I'm back on the island there, I don't pay for cable because I think it's a waste of money. But there's stuff like Big Brother, for example, where I want to watch it live and not have to wait. Yeah, for sure. A couple days to stream it. So like when I'm on the island, I pay for Stack TV on yeah. Amazon Prime, and yeah. it's ten dollars a month. But I get like 18 different global channels. I get the cooking network. I get A&E. I get TLC. Like I get a bunch of networks for $10. And that is more than enough. Yeah, It it gets to the shit that you actually want to see. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that was a long tirade, but. Yeah, I I think the more love that is uh, all these people playing catch up are, uh, you know, Della Short you know, a little bit too late. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that you're trying to catch up to the big people that already have the infrastructure and the user base up. And it, they've got the short-term thinking to go, oh, yeah, we get, if we can just take, like, 5% of, you know, the Netflix audience. It's like, you're not going to take 5% of the Netflix audience, right? Like, what are you going to take them with? Right? And it's, yeah. So, moral of this, I think, is just they need to smarten up. Yes, I agree. I'm I'm fully open to coming and working for any of you studios to tell you how you guys are fucking things up. Yes, we know we know how to do everything on this podcast. Yeah, because you're 80 year old CEO who thinks that you're going to make mad fucking bank because Netflix did it. Who's been around, you know, 15 years longer than you have. Not not a viable businessman at this point, I don't think. Yeah, it's a young man's game. Yeah. You got to move with the times and you have to stay up with the technology. And if you don't, you're fucking done. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking of young men, Disney's making a live action Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks attached, I see. And Robert Zemkis directing. So the director of Forrest Gump, they're re-teaming for this Pinocchio live action. Now, I can only assume, because I'm not going to lie, I didn't actually read the article. I just kind of saw the headline. Sure. I, I'm part of the problem, I know. That's but uh, I assume Tom Hanks is going to play Geppetto? Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's not going to do Pinocchio, right? Oh, no, no, no. I believe he, he's in negotiations to, to start with Geppetto. So, yeah. Yeah. And, like, this seems all right. Like, yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch Tom Hanks. You know, as, as Geppetto, yeah, in the live-action Pinocchio, why not? Um, Robert Zemkis is, is a good director, although I'm probably going to get a shit ton of hate mail for this. I think Forrest Gump is totally overrated. Um, uh, you know, I think it was a classic, like, for given its time. Yeah. I think it's one of those movies that, like, doesn't hold up as well as it used to. And I think a lot of movies are like that. Like, I think at the time it came out, and I remember when I was younger... I saw it and I was really into it, but I feel like if I was to plop it on right now, which I think I caught like a half an hour of it, it just happened to be something on TV when my fiance was flicking channels there. 
I was like this. Man. So I saw that movie for the first time about a year ago. I had oh never. My God, what? I had never seen it before, and I just never got around to it. And my buddy was like, "All right, we're actually going to sit down and watch this." And I was like, "All right, uh, like I'm down for this." Like, it was just one of those ones that like I, I had never gotten around to watching it. Um, and I watched it, and I was like, "That was." I actually really enjoyed the movie. I was like, I think that's a really good movie. But then, like, as soon as we stopped talking about it, I was like, but there's no fucking way that that thing should have lot like, there's no th- fucking way that should have won over Shawshank Redemption at the Oscars that year. I, I, okay, I, I, I agree completely with you there. I think Shawshank yeah. is a superior movie. I think Shawshank is a masterpiece in filmmaking. Um, but anyway, before we get way too off topic with this, Robert Zemkes, he has made a lot of really good movies that I like. Refresh my memory. Uh, Back to the Futures. Okay, yeah, that's legit. Castaway. Okay, yeah, that was a good one. I mean, I got a little fucking annoyed with him crying about his fucking volleyball, but... Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, what else has he done here? What has he done recently? I mean, these are all like classic uh, yeah. highly regarded films you know of an era once gone but what has he done recently he did welcome to marwin with steve carell and i actually I, that movie was I, very all right i wanted to see it i was intrigued by it because i think steve carell is equally as amazing as a dramatic actor as he is a comedic actor totally agree like um, it really it upsets me when people only go oh yeah fucking michael scott like he is he is so much more of an actor than just a comedic guy. Like he really does he's a very well-rounded actor, but I think too many people typecast him and yep. only see him as his office character, which I think is totally unfair. So I did want to see that movie. Yep. I just I never got around to it. It had such a very short run in theaters yep. that that when it left, I honestly completely forgot about that movie until you just brought it up. Yeah. And like it was um like I think overall I actually didn't didn't enjoy the movie all that much. Um, I just no. I just didn't really care with how it was done and where it ended up going, um, but I thought Steve Carell w- was um, was fine enough in the dramatic role. Um, so that's what he did recently. And other than that, uh, he did Allied, which that sounds familiar, but that's oh, that was that Brad Pitt Marion Cotillard war movie. And I don't. Okay, what was it called again? Allied. And I oh, went, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually did. I saw that in theaters a, a year or two ago with, okay. uh, with I, the fiance there. I actually really, really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was really good. I never watched it. Um, oh, and he did uh, yeah. The Walk with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where he does the tight uh, walk between the two towers. Mm, I, I love, I love me some jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but I, I'll be completely honest. That movie didn't. Didn't pique my interest even in the slightest. Oh, really? I actually really enjoyed that movie. So it looks like uh, like uh, Robert Zemeckis is a case of like he kind of does something every few years. Like it kind of seems like he just like he's not doing it for the money. He's not pumping a bunch of them out. He's just kind of like, oh, that looks really good. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sticks to what he's passionate about or what actually interests. He's just he's not out there to mass produce to make a buck kind of thing. Yeah. Which, when you look at his, when you look at his catalog, like he's he's made way more awesome shit than he than he has bad, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like like I don't know that I have too much more to say about this story other than like I'm totally down for this. Um, 
Tom Hanks is Geppetto. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably check it out. I can't say that it's high on my priority list no, just because a lot of those old D- Disney movies that they're turning because you know what's happening, right? Like you've yeah. they've There's- done Mulan, they've done Lion King, they've done Aladdin. Like clearly, they're going back to yeah. like the classic Disney vault. Oh yeah, and they're making live action because you know you know what they're doing, right? They're cashing in on the older generation, like the people. No, I shouldn't say older generation because I mean we're not that old, but yeah. like our generation that watched these as kids mm-hmm. that are now at that point in life where a lot of us, I mean you and I excluded actually, but a lot of people in our age range are starting to have families or do have families of their own. Yeah. So it's you know a double whammy, right? Because they can yeah. get us intrigued because you know, we have fond nostalgic memories of those films and now we can share those with our children Yeah, in a new revamp take. So, I mean like solid strategy, like good on you, Disney and real good game plan, but, and like, I'm totally all for it. Like I've liked a bunch of their live action, um, retellings of it, like quite a handful of them. I've really liked. So like, I'm all for it. Like some, some are going to be better than others. Right. And I'm going to be more interested in some, but like I, I have really enjoyed, uh, a handful of their live action stuff. So like Pinocchio was never one of my bigger like Disney ones that I loved, you know? So mm-hmm. like you said, it's probably not going to be on the top of my priority list, but you know, when this comes out, if there's nothing else to see that weekend, you know, that's probably what I'll see. Right. Um, yeah. That's, okay. that. That'll be exciting. I got to say, I'd be, I'm a little more excited about the, Duplass Brothers docu series that we got yep. listed here. Yes, and it's an HBO one too. And like coming from a guy that loves me some some crime documentaries, like I just I just get wet as fuck for it. Mm-hmm. And I like like I'm a big like I mean the Duplass Brothers they've done a lot together, but I'm a big fan of fucking Mark Duplass like individually as himself. I think he's a fucking like he's obviously a great writer and he's done some directing and like with his brother and whatnot, but like as an actor too, like, I don't know if you ever watched the league. Oh, Oh my God. That is bar none. Probably one of the greatest comedy series that is, that has ever been released. And like, and I've gotten a lot of friends hooked on that show. Cause it is so fucking funny. And like, granted it's centered around a group of friends that play fantasy football together. Right. But even if you don't give a shit about football, that show is so funny it stands on its own. It is centered around football. There's lots of football references. Yeah. But even if you don't give a fuck about the NFL, yeah. That television show was amazing. And what makes it so amazing is like he's the main character and then eventually like there's a lot of main characters, but he's like the main main character when the sh- series starts out. Yeah. But what I read that made it so interesting is they every episode they would have rough drafts so to speak where it's like hey here's what we want in the episode like we want these things to happen and this is kind of like the big reveal that we want to happen but it wasn't very uh line for line dialogue written the majority of almost every episode is like okay this is the scene you guys have to discuss this but just go and everyone who is a part of that show just made shit up oh yeah Yeah. so much of that show was completely improvised oh yeah and it was unreal that's what makes a lot of shows successful. Like the office did that um, quite a bit where like they would, ha- they would have very like, okay, this is how we want this scene. But more often than not, like when they did the office, they would, for most of the takes, they would go, okay, now we're going to do three or four. Just roll with it and see what comes. To yes. 
Yes, but it, it still was heavily scripted. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Whereas yeah. this one is more like it, from the interviews and the stuff I've seen, it was there was almost like it was no script. It's yeah. like, here's the overall plot. Make it fucking happen. Yeah. And that's going to be totally dependent on your cast. Like if you don't have a cast that has the strength to be able to do that, that's totally not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, got good people, uh, you know, in front of the camera that, that can make it work and, you know, can, you know, be snappy with their lines and, you know, have the. You know, I don't, I don't want to say the training, but like that's that's what acting school, you know, teaches, you know, a lot of that stuff is like being able to to roll with that and like come up with it. Right. You know, so if you've got people yeah. that can do that, then, yeah, it's totally going to work. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, like to see them come out with another one, because what was the last wasn't it? They were behind Wild Country, were they not? Uh, ooh. Let's see here. I thought they had something to do with it. Let me just. I'm going to sort by producer because that'll show. Yes, Wild Wild Country. They were they produced that. Mm-hmm. So and that was an that was an amazing fucking Netflix documentary. Like holy shit! It was uh that was super. That was wild. That was crazy. I will say, if you ever roll up to my house with a hundred white Rolls Royces. And you want me to be your Maha Nanchila. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. You're like, dirty just, <laughs> so like they've had their fingers in a, in a, in a lot of things. And yeah. like, and like even like off shit, like I really do enjoy some of like the docu-series that they've put out. Yeah. But like, I, I like him when he acts. Like Safety <laughs> Not Guaranteed, I think is a very underrated movie. I don't think I ever saw that. It was it was really good. He just puts out an ad in the paper that's like, "Hey, looking for someone to time travel with me." And then at the end, it says like, "Your safety is not guaranteed." Oh, and it's like in, a rom com. He was in Bombshell too. What's that? He was in Bombshell. Yeah, he was what's her name's husband, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like, phenomenal. Like I'm I'm a big fan of that stuff and like Creep. I didn't. I haven't gotten around to see the second one, but I watched the first one a long time ago. And like, as someone who's not like a big horror genre fan, like it was yeah. still a, a twisted, creepy, very fucking interesting, oh, for sure, film. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm, 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 mo- I'm down with pretty much any HBO documentary because they're always amazing. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a bad one. Mm-hmm. And. Like I think the last one I watched was I don't know if you've ever watched it, but uh, McDonald's, um, the one. McMillions. Yeah, that one is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one seems like it's 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 got a decent backdrop to it, like it's kind of the 1970s and an auto scam kind of thing. Like that, that that's probably a super interesting tale. So yeah, fuck, sign me up. Yeah very very hyped on that he he's one of those like few people that like i feel like maybe not everything he does is to my taste but like he's someone that i think is just very underrated in hollywood because like he's an amazing director a solid fucking writer phenomenal actor and obviously a like an amazing producer as well yeah like like when i read this headline i was like oh yeah uh, the people that you know were super involved in Wild Wild Country, you know, they're gonna get, get some HBO money and they're gonna take on a new docu series. Like, yeah, sign me up. You, you know that yeah. Wild Country was was amazing. You know, it was super well done, and such a fascinating story, right? So I feel like mm-hmm. 
it's going to be kind of one of those similar lines where it's like, here's this fascinating story that's kind of also fucking insane um, that we're going to tell, right? So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Super pumped on that. I'm even more pumped, though, that they've confirmed John Wick 5. Yeah. Like, I and, fucking pissed myself with joy when I saw that. Yeah, and 4 and 5 are going to film back-to-back. God, I can't fucking wait. I, I, I'm a firm believer, just like with Entourage. I was so hyped for an Entourage movie, and, like, I get, like, you know, where do they go from here, and they've ran their time out. But you know what? If they put a new Entourage movie out every year, every year I will go to the theaters, I will pay my fucking 10 15 20 $30 for a ticket, and I will support that for a movie yeah. coming out every year. And that's how I feel about John Wick. You yeah. put a John Wick out, I'm going to go see it at the theater. I promise you. Even if you make it to John Wick 25... Yeah. And Keanu is like being pushed in a wheelchair. I'm fucking into it. I will yeah. pay it every yeah. year. Keep putting them out. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I I love those John Wick movies, and I I think if you're by announcing a five and then saying we're gonna shoot four to five, uh, straight back to back, kind of like Avatar, so that we can like release them super quick after. I think is a total smart play. Um, especially well, given I, I, the shit that's going on, right? Like, I think that's totally. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen in the world. I think it. I think it's a smart play, also in the sense like <sighs> nobody wants to think about it. I don't think it kind of escapes everyone's mind. But uh, Keanu's—he's getting fucking older. He's not going to be able to keep doing this shit forever. Well, I would. Many- I want him to. Oh, but sure. He's 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 not a spring fucking chicken anymore, right? So if you wait a year or two in between John Wick movies. To film right like eventually you're going to get to that point where like i'm sure keanu would still love to do it and yeah. he'll try to do it but he's not going to be as nimble as flexible yeah. you know as quick moving like you know he's yeah. aging right so oh, sure. pump a bunch of these out back to back and then that way if keanu wakes up one day and he's like look i can't do action stuff anymore my yeah. lower back kills me every fucking day and i have sciatica now yeah. at least you're covered right sure yeah and like who knows how long Keanu wants to keep doing John Wick's, you know, is four and five his last? Who knows? You know, I, I don't know if he keeps, if he's just totally on board with keeping on making these, you know, I would love to hope so. Cause it's like you said, if they put one out, I'll go watch it. Um, yeah. I fucking love those first three. Um, I think you have to end on an even number though. Yeah. That's what like I was if thinking. They're going to end the franchise. They then like end yeah. on six. Yeah, Five's an odd number. Don't yeah. just do five, do at least six. And I won't be happy about it because I want to see John Wick forever. But at least if you end on a six, yeah, I'll I'll be a little more content. Yeah, and like and like I'm totally on board with more John John Wick movies. I just it was my fear when I came out of the first one is like because I was like, how do you up this first one? You know, because the action and the choreography were just so goddamn amazing. I was like, how do you up this? How do you do that? And then I watched the second one. I was like, okay, they they did it. Like, that's totally on par with the first one. They didn't skip a beat. You know, and the third one, I, I don't think was as good as the first and second ones, but I thought was totally good too. So it's like, that's my only fear with more John Wicks is like, how do you keep that momentum going and be innovative? Think, and I'm sure they will, but. I think it's definitely doable at this point. To keep like, and my personal take is I like I loved all of them and I think they're all amazing movies, but I am in that camp that feels like every one that's come out has been better than its predecessor. 
Okay. Like I feel like the first one was was amazing, but the second one got a little bit better, and the third one got a little bit better than that. Like that, and that's just my personal take. Yeah. But I also feel like when the first one came out, like it's it came out. It's of not nowhere. like it. It, right. Well, it not only came out of nowhere, but like I'm, t- I'm thinking in terms of like what they had, right? Like yeah. I don't think anyone realized how successful it was, so it didn't have the budget that it probably could have given its success. So I think the first one they had, you know, like a smaller ish budget, like still a reasonable sized one, but they did phenomenal well. It made Mad Bank, so they're like, okay, we're gonna give you a little bit more money so you can do a little bit more, and then okay. the second one beat out the first one in box office and then the third one same thing bigger budget made more money so i feel like for four and five they get a little bit more money and i feel like it'll probably do a little bit better financially at the box office which will allow for that budget bump and when you get a budget bump right like you know how you're saying like you're worried about it plateauing i feel like you give them more of a budget they can do more stunt work they can do more choreography they can get more bigger players on board with it for sure and it's like my fear like that is because like i've totally different feelings than you like i i feel like the first one was the best and like it's just been slightly less quality with with each one and and, like i totally don't mean that in like a real shit way because i love all three of them like i fucking love them um but i feel like it's just like the first one in my like first one was the strongest and like i kind of ranked them in order that way but that's that's my kind of ranking of it and my feelings on it so that's kind of where my fair like comes of it yeah. but i also have total faith that four and five are going to be fucking rad like yeah, i've well, never, it, never lost faith in, in these movies so when everyone's entitled to their opinion even if yeah. it's wrong but yeah like and it's like I, i've i've never lost faith like i'm sure they're awesome like like even though i think like they haven't been as good as the ones that came out before like they've still been awesome and like i was still like oh this isn't gonna be good like so yeah i'm sure they're gonna be phenomenal and i hope they they keep going the way that they have been for me where i hope the fourth one is even better than the third and i hope the fifth one is the best one of all of them oh yeah and like i have no doubt that i'm gonna love four and five like yeah i'm i'm pretty sure i'm gonna love it so Mm -hmm. like it's just my minor like kind of back of the head fears that really aren't too crazy but it's just like the thing that's in the back of my mind that's like oh, i really hope this but then at the end of the day i'm like these are totally gonna be rad so <laughs> fair enough yeah so in other news we got the friends reunion delayed again yeah so which i mean that i feel like it's news to kind of talk about but at the same time i'll be honest like i think friends is a, is a great show but i and i i get flack from this from a lot of my friends i think there's too much hype around what friends is and what friends was okay so okay amazing show but i do not think it is the greatest sitcom on in television history just like how a lot of people are in the camp that seinfeld was the greatest sitcom about nothing of all time and i go yeah it was good it was good given the time i don't think it holds up as well anymore but to me the greatest sitcom of all time that really isn't about anything Always sunny in Philadelphia. Better than yeah. Seinfeld times 10. True. Those are my personal opinions. So like to see friends get delayed again, I understand people are probably fucking chapped. Yep. I personally don't care. Like I'll watch it, but I it's not something that like I can't wait and I'm like, you know, on the edge of my oh, yeah. seat. Like, come on, give it to me, give it to me. 
Oh yeah, and like like I'll say something that'll that'll get me more hate mail than you. I don't give a fuck about friends. Like I think it's a <laughs> I think it's a totally serviceable show and like anytime I've watched it, I was like, this is a total fine show. Like I think it's I think it's a it's a good show. I laughed when I watched it. Um but I'm totally in the camp that like I just straight up don't give a fuck about friends. I think and like I said, I think it's a good show. I anytime I've watched it, I was like, this is a totally serviceable show. I I have a great time when I watch it. Um, but like I, I was not a person that ever cared about a friends reunion nor wanted one. So like this news to me was like, okay, like I'm sure that'll piss someone off. I hope they that's it. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, that that's completely fair. Like I, again, I, I think it's a good show, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't even put it in my top 10 favorite sitcoms of all time. I wouldn't put it in my top 10 television shows of all time yeah even if we were to subdivide that into categories it's like my top 10 comedy specific shows yeah i don't think it it makes it wouldn't make my top 10 i don't think it makes any of my lists and like i said like like i don't think it's bad like anytime i've ever watched it i've enjoyed watching it and i was like anytime it's someone's watching on tv and i sit down and watch a few episodes i I chuckle and i laugh and i go yeah this is a good show it's a totally good show um but at the same time it's it's not a show that i ever like deeply cared about and i totally get the side of it like the people that do you know awesome good for them you know they're getting a reunion it it sucks that i got delayed again but mm-hmm. yeah and this is also another case of like they're getting a friends reunion but it's only on hbo max and, and you know why they're doing it there because they want you to buy hbo max <laughs> right yeah and, yeah you know that's why the snyder cut is on hbo max and hbo max only Right? They're trying to build yeah. that up. So it's like, hey, we got, you know, arguably one of the biggest TV shows of all time, you know, that that people love and we're going to do a reunion. Oh, my God. Like the audience for Friends is fucking huge. Like I'm totally in the minority about being like Friends. What? Um, yeah, me too. But like I'm not trying to put down that the audience for Friends is fucking massive, you know, so. Like them being like, yeah, a friend's reunion on straight up just HBO Max. Yeah, totally. Like, that's a great well, way to get your your service. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Friends originally, like, that's an NBC show, wasn't it? Uh, no, I don't. Well, it definitely was not an HBO or a Warner Brothers show. No, but it, it was, was a network show, and it was either CBS or it was NBC. It was something, and I want to say Warner Brothers just bought it years later okay because i was wondering how if it was like if if i'm correct in thinking that it was nbc originally like when it was airing on television it's interesting that nbc you know is pushing their peacock service but a a friends reunion is coming to hbo yeah i want to say once um i'm just looking it up here because i want to say after um Oh no! I think it it was Warner Brothers all along. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know what the network that it would have been on originally, though. And they just shopped it out to a network to air. It probably. Oh, okay, it did air on NBC. So they, mm, they okay. I thought it was NBC. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure they would have just shopped it around, and that was like in the heyday of when you know network TV was a. Uh, you know, a revolving door of deals and like, you know, the age of like something only being on your network. Like that totally wasn't the case back then. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it 
was totally like, oh yeah, this is a, a Warner Brothers thing, you know, but we're totally, you know, at that time. And it's still the case now, like Warner Brothers doesn't have like a primetime TV show like channel really, right? You know, so of course they're going to shop it out if they're making that, right? Yeah. Especially back then in the heyday of cable TV. Like, of course, that, that was the case, right? Like back then it wouldn't have made sense to have it on HBO because back then HBO was kind of like Cinemax, right? Cineskin. Like they were like, oh, HBO, that's where the porn's right. You know, back then at least, like it was, that's where the gritty stuff in the porn was. Well, let's not forget Red Shoe Diaries on Showtime. Hey, I got fun memories of that. I think every young kid does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so back then it wouldn't have made sense to put friends on HBO because back then, you know, you had HBO was the porn and the gritty shows like The Wire and The Sopranos. It wasn't where you went to go watch a friends. So, of course, it mm-hmm. went to. Right? Yeah, that um, makes sense. But yeah, so friends reunion delayed. Like, I totally get the, the, get the pain of the friends fans. Um, about the Friends reunion because if you replace the title Friends reunion with Entourage reunion and that was delayed at HBO Max, I'd be throwing a hissy fit right now. Yeah, but, no, I'd be right there with you. But it's not, and it's Friends, so I can ultimately just kind of shrug my shoulders and go, "That sucks." Um, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I wasn't sure if it was a big deal to you. It's not a big deal to me, but I just thought it was an interesting piece of news. Oh no, for sure. Like I, I totally, I totally loved interesting bits like this. So yeah. other news not related to it at all but big brother aired recently and unfortunately less less viewership than it had on its premiere last year but was the best rated that night but i feel like i mean hasn't big brother ratings kind of been going down every year yeah it has been kind of sinking a little bit which is unfortunate because my biggest fear is i don't want that show to get fucking scrapped yeah but I, but I feel like that's ultimately like pretty much every reality TV show, unless you're like the super big ones, like you know. Well, like and and not only that, like I mean, like not to get like too off topic here, but I feel like a lot of shows, if you look at numbers now compared to the year before and then the year before that, with a lot of stuff going streaming service, yeah. more pe- more people aren't watching shows when they premiere on cable television. Like you see cable numbers dropping. Therefore, your cable viewership numbers are going to drop and mm-hmm. more people want to watch at their own convenience. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I don't I don't feel like it's anything to get bothered of. But w- yep. I just I just thought it was interesting. And I'm just super hyped that Big Brother's on again. And we'll dive more into that when we talk about what we watch this week, because I am super hyped on it. Fair enough. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the case with most cable TVs. Like, and, and I don't know. And like, they're not going to uh, you know, release this in a news story, like what their internal metrics are that they use. Right. But, you know, so yeah. looking at like a raw cable viewer number, right. Like that's, that's, that's not really the, yeah, it's still a very super important metric for network TV and it will be for a while. Um, but at the same time, there, there's now other metrics that you want to look at and kind of play with that with. So. For sure. But yeah. And then it, uh, and then in Hulu-related news, they fucking yeah. scrapped High Fidelity, which is a shame. I can't speak too much on it because I, I I don't think you've seen it either, but I haven't either. But it's actually hovering near the top of my watch list because I'm a big music fan, and I've oh, yeah. heard nothing but great things about it. So I was excited to dive into it, but now I don't know if I want to because... It's done, yeah. It's done, it's scrapped. So it's like, do I invest into this only to be disappointed that it ends 
prematurely or do I just let it go? So that kind of bummed me out because like I said, it was something that is higher on my list and I was going to check it out in the near future, but now I just, I don't know. Yeah. And I remember hearing about it and like, I, I like Zoe Kravitz. I think she's, she's, she's pretty good in a lot of stuff that I've seen her. I mean, um, she's no Lenny, but yeah, she's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah of course. I, that's big shoes to fill. Um, yeah. But uh, like, I think, I think she's super solid, but like at the same time, like I don't think I was probably the audience for that show. Like I'm probably mm-hmm. not big into music as you are. Um, yeah. My music tastes are like, I'm, I'm super in old school jazz and weird shit like that. So yeah, yeah that that's fair. It, it definitely doesn't come across like it's for everyone. But it definitely seemed intriguing to me, but oh, it's sure. unfortunate it's gone. Yeah, no, like it seemed it seemed like a decent, decent show. But I like I don't know. Like I never ever hear about Hulu, so like does Yeah, any- well and again cuz we don't get it up here, but they do they do have a, like a, a fair amount of like The Handmaid's Tale, that's Hulu. Oh yeah, that's right. Which that's- I haven't watched, but like everyone I know who has seen it yeah, it says so it's really- amazing and it looked like an old-timey hunk of garbage to me until i actually started reading up and hearing reviews on it where it's actually like not kind an of- old-timey hunk of garbage that it's actually like based in the future yeah, it's like a dystopian future kind of thing yeah yeah so like i'm i'm very in- intrigued into that but like that's a hulu and that uh palm springs the oh yeah the newest sure. uh andy sandberg movie that i watched that was a hulu exclusive that's right, yeah. And I like that was phenomenal. So I feel like Hulu is is pumping out more. It, my my whole hopes when Disney bought Fox cuz Fox owns Hulu mm. was that Disney would take over Hulu and like kind of merge them so you pay one price but you get Hulu and you get Disney Plus, yeah. Hulu for the more adult content, Disney for the more family-rated content, but that you would get both and with Disney behind all of it, I was really hoping that we would finally get fucking Hulu in Canada. Because that is one of the services that that I would subscribe to. And honestly, I want to say probably four years ago now, I was a Hulu member because like my parents live in the United States half of the year. I used their address and I used uh, a PayPal account, like an American PayPal account, and I got Hulu. And for $10 ad free, like it was worth every cent and I loved it. It was just I had to run a VPN on my network at home in order to to watch it and vpns aren't always reliable and then you get speed drops with it so it just became more of a hassle than it was worth but yeah Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up taking hulu and just kind of rebranding it into like kind of here's our more non-family focused stuff you know that almost seems like what they're doing um it's probably just not the not the priority right yeah it's probably a small team that's doing that um but yeah like i mean sucks that it got canceled because like by all accounts, it seemed like a totally serviceable show. Like, Zoe Kravitz is good. Yeah. Like, I. Yeah. But I mean, on the plus side, I see that they're bringing back the Animaniacs. Yes. Kind of bums me out that it's going to be a Hulu exclusive because we don't have Hulu up here. But yes. I used to love that show as a kid. Oh, yeah. So yeah, for them cool. to bring that back, and like, I mean, I'm hoping with the Animaniacs comes Pinky in the Brain, right? That's yeah. a timeless classic. That was my first thought too. Is like, especially when we were just talking about like '90s nostalgia not too long ago. Like, fuck yeah, bring some of these old '90s shows back and mm-hmm. bruce up the animation, and, you know, the art and stuff like that, and give it a proper treatment and stuff like that. Like, fuck yeah, yeah, totally on board. Yeah, I, 
don't don't I don't have a whole lot on the subject matter, but I mean it was just sad to see High Fidelity go, but exciting to see Animaniacs coming back. So yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Hulu carries on from this. I mean they got they got a lot of competition in that streaming space, so I mean they got to start pulling out something. And yeah. from what I've seen, other than a few like one-off exclusive movies, they really only it's like The Handmaid's Tale is really the only like solid thing exclusive thing over on that platform so it'll be interesting to see how they handle this yeah yeah mm-hmm. totally totally on board for that 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 i think that's a smart move i hope they get the audience for it mm-hmm. so, me too again in other news ben affleck's next directing job has been announced yeah i i, I again saw the headline but like i don't what is what is chinatown so it is uh, a lot of people consider it to be like one of the greater movies ever made. It's like one of the kind of old school. Like, like it's kind of like uh, like an older movie. Okay. Uh, with Jack Nicholson in it, kind of like one of the timeless classics. Roman Polanski directed it. Um, like pedophile Roman Polanski. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, like who else when you're talking about Roman Polanski in Hollywood? <laughs> but uh, it's he's going to be directing the movie about the making of it, which I think there's probably a fascinating story behind that. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, especially Just... with the director being Roman Polanski. <laughs> yeah, well, and those kind of like behind the scenes, like what was yep. what was the one that they... Like not to get like too off topic here, but like Apocalypse Now, right? Like oh, that yeah. was a wild movie in its own right, yeah. but it was actually like that movie they did that was about the making of Apocalypse Now. That was like really fucking wild. Yeah. Which, for whatever reason, I can't think of, but like I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 So it's it's him uh, doing it about the making of that, and I don't know. I don't think it says if he's going to star in it, which would probably be one of his first except for that first movie he did other than that he usually directs and stars but i think this might just be a director's job and you know what i'm a big fan of ben affleck the actor i'm a big fan of ben affleck the writer and i'm a massive fan of ben affleck the director so i mean where's bad right like this is this is nothing but a solid win all around in my eyes no uh, for sure and uh like i think when you look at um like argo where you kind of told like one of these kind of real life tales you know, behind the scenes, I think Argo was super good. Um, mm-hmm. so taking kind of a more smaller story about the making of this Hollywood, you know, movie, you know, and, and probably all the crazy wild fucking shit that happened, you know, while making this movie. I think there's a fascinating fucking story in there. Um, I think he's a, he's a solid choice to, to play it or uh, not to play it, but to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I may. I feel like now I'm gonna have to go back and watch the Chinatown movie. Yeah, I feel like I'll probably too. wait right until this movie comes out so I can watch Chinatown and then watch Ben Affleck's behind the scenes thing. But yeah, and, and in all fairness, I've never seen Chinatown. It's just been like one of those ones that I've heard of. Like, oh yeah, I I know I know of it, but I never I've never watched it. But well, maybe that means we have to sit down and watch it together at some point. Yeah, there we go. There we go. But yeah, Ben Affleck directing mm-hmm. again happy about this it's been a while yeah he's good at it he needs to do more of it yeah and i think uh, like that last one he did 
wasn't wildly you know critically accepted people were like that's all right you know and then he had all the the dc shit and and his own well so i'm still chapped and i don't know if i'll ever get over the fact that he abandoned batman and i didn't get a ben affleck written slash directed movie yeah i was honestly very excited for that me too me too yeah but you must be even more fucking ecstatic about the thought of uh brian cranston coming back as walter white yeah so like potentially yeah and i feel like this was um back when i was talking about better call so like that when we were talking about it the conversation wasn't like if they're coming back it was just like for how long and when um Mm -hmm. like at the timing like i feel like that's been a no-brainer um especially with all the other characters they pulled in from the breaking bad show um into that show um so this was just a super nice thing to just be like Brian Cranston kind of affirming everyone's like beliefs and thoughts being like, yeah, I'll, I'd do it in a second. Like call me. So I think he would be crazy not to, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, Brian Cranston's a good actor. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong, but like, let's be real. He wasn't big, big, big time. Yeah. He wasn't the Brian Cranston. He is today until he crushed the role of Walter White. Exactly. So I think it would be silly for him not to be, at the very least, open to the idea yeah. of reprising that role, even if a, even if in a very small and limited yeah. capacity. Which I think is what it would be. And I think the relationship between like Aaron Paul, Brian Cranston, and Vince Gilligan, like the creator of both the shows, like I think that relationship has still gone on long after the show. And you know, I think it's been a very healthy relationship, and they've kept in touch. And mm-hmm. obviously, that was the case with. Uh, the Breaking Bad movie with Aaron Paul, you know, both of them came back for that with Vince yeah. Gill, you know, so I think everyone involved loves these projects. So like I, I, I Brian Cranston almost didn't, didn't need to say this because it's like I said, when I was talking about Better Call, so like, I think it's a no brainer when they come back. It's just a matter of if and when and for how much. Um, so this was just kind of a, a good news piece that I wanted to put in just to be like, yeah. Yeah, well, that that's exciting, and uh, I, I genuinely like. I still haven't watched the show, but for you, who seems to be right into it, I genuinely oh, yeah. hope this happens. Yeah, and that might too. be the push that I need to actually dive in and watch it all, knowing that I'll get that tie-in at the end. Yeah, and like I think my only thought, like on this article, is like now I'd be like I don't know if because next season of Better Call Saul is going to be the last season. Like I don't know how much you would put them into it. And I don't know that, like, I'm trying to think if I would feel one way or the other, if I would want them in for a bunch of the last season or if it was just bite sized pieces. And I almost think bite sized pieces would be the way to go. Like, I don't know that you would want to put too much of it in. Because well, then it just I, I, bad, right? Yeah. And from a, as an outsider looking in who hasn't actually watched the show, like, even my perspective would be like, Better Call Saul, Saul is a standalone show on its own with its own focus its own story and its own like mission right so i i too even though i haven't seen the show would be happier if they came in there as like little tie-ins where it's like okay now we're in this time frame where everything started going and then it finishes off like what what happens to saul goodman like after breaking bad ends but you get like the little bite-sized pieces i think it would take away too much and overshadow everything that is better call Saul if they were main recurring, you know, characters that were a big part of the entire season. Yeah. And I think how they did uh, last season, how they did Hank and his partner, uh, they did that super well because they came in for, I think two episodes and they were in for like maybe 
10 minutes in the first episode and maybe like 20 minutes in the next episode. But for the most part, like they didn't, they were just like nice little additions where they tied in, you know, a kind of side story into it. And you kind of showed how they were, the outside of Breaking Bad was starting to merge in. So I feel like if they do that with Cranston and Aaron Paul and just kind of like maybe 10 minutes in this episode, 20 minutes in the finale or something. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Well, and Vince Gilligan's a smart man, so I'm sure he's got it figured out. Yes, I'm I'm sure it's already I'm sure it's been mapped out for a long time. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So yeah. that's it for the news. Big news week. Yeah, big big news week. A lot going on there. I like big news weeks though. <laughs> so it's all it's it's fun and it's interesting, that's for sure. But let's get on to the real topic. Ray Donovan, go. So I am almost done all of it. I think God I have... damn it. <laughs> so I think I only have I didn't fully watch. I tried my best. I think I've got like four or five episodes. So by next week, I'll be fully done. Um, I tried. I tried D- cramming in two and a half seasons of Ray Donovan in one week when you've got a full type job. OK. Well, clearly you need to quit. Yeah, clearly. Um <laughs> So I picked up midway through season five because that's where I left off. Um, I thought the end of five and how they tied up the Abby storyline, I thought was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't like most of the bullshit that was in that fifth season, like the stuff outside of that. Um, right. The fifth you... season is leading up to New York, right? Yeah. He's not like fully in New York yet. Yeah. Um, which was leading up, which I've talked about that or, or when I kind of dropped off of that show, but I thought that the ending to the Abbey stuff was really good. And then going into season six, man, I, I went all in on, I'm, I was so hard for season six when I got into it, that it, 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 it brought it, your love back. Yeah. It like, it took like you. And if, if you wouldn't have said when we talked about this before that, like it kind of brought back the old school feelings of like, early Ray Donovan where it's like that kind of small tight knit Ray Donovan focus on these smaller problems and some of the smaller family stuff. And it doesn't turn into this big scale bullshit um, that I think the show kind of got a, got away with. Um, I, I felt it went back to that and I felt they did a pretty good job with that. And I was like, really, okay. really digging it. I was like, okay, you know, this stuff with the cops, it's like nice tight knit Ray Donovan. Like it's not these yeah, great- la problem with a bunch of this bullshit and you and you got to see buddy from fucking entourage yeah yeah exactly that i think is a good actor but you don't see yeah. him in a whole lot no i think he's good too um so i thought the, the stuff was really good with that um how that storyline kind of tied up um you know the mayor shit i i kind of i was not too much into that um mm-hmm. but like stuff with ray and his family and the cops i thought that that's that shit was super well done I was like, this is a return to Ray Donovan. This is the Ray Donovan. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you felt that way because that's yeah. how I felt. And I didn't want to sit here and like hammer like you need to finish Ray Donovan. You need like I wanted you to get into it again and be like, OK, you were right. And I do get the old original Ray Donovan feeling yeah. to get you hyped again, because if you would have went into it and watched all the rest of these seasons and been like, no, it's still a trashy show, then the ending isn't going to fucking hit you as hard. No. And then... So, so that's season six. So, I was a big fan of that. And I don't know how I feel on, on season seven now. Like, it, it seems to almost kind of be getting away from that smaller Ray Donovan stuff that I like. But I, I think I'm only like halfway through it. So, we'll see where it goes. 
Um, but it seems to be well, trending more into the mayor stuff. Um, yeah, kind of. It trends into some weird place, but where I really like where it heads is it heads into you finally get more backstory. Yes, yeah. Which I, I really liked, where you start seeing people from Ray's past, right? And yeah. like you always know, and yeah, it's, it's touched on lightly throughout previous seasons that Ray had a sister yeah. who ended up killing herself. Yeah. Which is who his daughter is named after, right, Bridget? Right. And you, but you don't really like you hear that, but you know, Ray's a strong, silent type. So you don't get a whole lot more than that. And what I absolutely loved about this last season is the fact you finally get backstory and yeah. they do flashback scenes yeah. with young Ray where you get to see, like, oh, there's his sister. And yeah. here's why she started going crazy. And then you actually start to get to like know the old Ray, where he comes from, why he is what he is, what happened to his sister, and it all ties in and wraps up nicely. And that's what really, it's not the best season by any stretch, but I still thoroughly liked it because it filled all these like little questions, like lingering ones that weren't important questions. But like, like they're you nice could to carry have on. Answer. Yes, exactly. And, um, yeah, that that's what I'm loving the most about this this season too. So I think we probably shared the same thoughts on on these final two seasons. Um, and you also get the backstory of like how uh, John John Voight there and Angelina Jolie's dad, how he ends up in prison for like 20 years, right? You get that backstory mm-hmm. and stuff. I forgot. Also, side note, I forgot how fucking good John Voight is. He's so good in that show. Yeah, he he really he, is. He's a good actor. Um, but yeah, so like you start to get some some answers there and stuff like that. So yeah, like that the that's the stuff I'm really liking is like digging into his past and you know he's he's fucking around with that chick that he knew from as a kid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I thought some of the stuff were because um, Bridget married that dude, and they shot all those cops and they were uh, cutting them up in the backyard and everyone <laughs> just with it except for him. <laughs> yeah, everyone was so nonchalant. Like, well, this yeah. is what we got to do, and he's fucking melting down. Yeah, it's, uh, I thought that was a, just a really funny fucking uh, set pieces. Like, he's like losing, like he's on the verge of a breakdown, and Bridget yeah. walks out like, "Oh, anyone want sandwiches?" And like, you just see like a chainsaw go through a head and falls into a bucket, and the lady's like, "Oh yes, please, I'm starving." <laughs> you know, yeah. and then outside and throws up, <laughs> and then you know she's like trying to get him to get this new kid to chainsaw another head off and Bridget's like oh I'll do it like it's just like it, to everyone else it's like another day in the Donovan house right um, yeah. to this new kid he's just like what the fuck um, so I thought like that stuff like getting back into that old school like Ray Donovan tight knit like centered mm-hmm. around the Donovans and stuff like they're starting to get into this good stuff you know where I think they failed previously where they tried to make those small Ray Donovan family problems really big. And it just turned into a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah. So it's, um, and yeah, like that old school stuff, uh, more backstory. That's what I'm liking. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably have some more thoughts next week when I, I'm hoping to finish. I this week. can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me about well, and then other. What's that? Uh, so Zach Efron's down to earth. I like Zach Efron. I didn't watch High School Musical, but like his recent stuff, like yeah. Mike and Dave need wedding dates, and like Neighbors and Neighbors Two, like he and 
even Baywatch. Like, I think he's a pretty good actor and he's funny. And like, I think he's, he's right on cue. I have no problems with Zac Efron. So when I saw that he is like a, a down to earth travel kind of show, I was like, I like watching some of these travel documentaries, seeing different places around the world that I haven't seen and, and may not get to see. Especially, you know, when there's like a worldwide quarantine slash pandemic going on and you can't go see them. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> nice escape. And, yeah. So full disclosure, I've only, we, my fiance and I have started watching it. We're only three episodes in and it is super interesting. And he bring, and he, the whole premise of the show is he's trying to show, you know, the people who watch this show, like, Hey, this is how other people around the world do things to be more sustainable, whether it's like use renewable energy or clean drinking water. Like it's trying to show how we can be better as a world and kind of like leave a better impact and have less of an impact on the earth. Which, like, I'm all for that message, climate change, da-da-da-da-da, so on and so forth. But I'm, like, I went in super excited, and I'm a realist and a pessimist. I'm very cynical about a lot of things, and given the education that I'm currently taking has a lot to do with renewable energy, I started getting really irritated watching some of these episodes where, like, in one, they're in uh, Iceland. And they're talking about, you know, Iceland runs on geothermal and blah, blah, blah. And this is how the world should be. And, you know, I see, you know, I go on Twitter sometime and stuff. And I see a lot of people like, oh, yeah, like, did you watch the first episode of this? We need to do geothermal energy here. Like, that'll solve it. Down with oil, geothermal all the way. And I'm like, well, except fucking all of Iceland is on a hot springs. Like, so geothermal is doable for them. You can't do geothermal energy in the middle of fucking Alabama or to drill a hole and harness geothermal energy in the middle of Texas, it's not viable. You need, you need that kind of environment. So like that stuff started irritating me and he does the whole show with his quote unquote health guru. And I can't remember the guy's name now, but I'm like, that guy, I'm like, he looks familiar and he sounds familiar. So I looked him up after he's, he wrote a couple books about quote unquote superfoods, which was a whole bunch of bullshit. There's no such thing as superfoods. And he, he was also the guy who created like uh, Beach Body and Shakeology. And so he's uh, along for this fucking ride in every episode with Zach. And he just touts this pseudoscience and it's killing the show for me. Like in one episode, he talks about like they land in France and they're kind of jet lagged. And he's like telling Zach, like, oh, if you take off your shoes and put your bare feet on the ground, the natural magnetism of the earth will help reset your circadian rhythm and get rid of the jet lag and it's like nope that's not true that's fucking pseudoscience bullshit and in another episode they're near a waterfall and they're like waterfalls are actually great for negative ions which do this and refresh the body and clean your mind and da 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 and it's like nope that's not true so that's pseudo bullshit so like it's starting to and i fucking i kind of got that vibe um because i i watched the trailer on netflix just as i was scrolling through and like I had a few university classes where like I took like science classes and like how to spot pseudoscience and like how to spot real science and like good stuff like that. And like, I kind of got that vibe, like almost kind of like a, like here's some hipster pseudoscience shit um, as we travel the globe. And I just kind of like watched the trailer and I was like, if that would have been a basic travel show with Zach Efron, I probably would have been down. Um, and I think then, it would have like, served a lot better to be that way. Or at the very least, if they were going to go down this road, to like actually look at the science and not just listen to the rantings of an old guy who's granted he's like 60 some and he's in phenomenal shape. But that being said, like, yeah, but it, yeah, it's, it's pseudoscience. It's not, yeah. 
It's yeah. not fucking real. And I feel like they need to be more upfront and honest and throw in disclaimers like, oh, he's saying this, but just FYI, the current science does not support that at all. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm still interested. And I'm going to watch the rest of it because I want to see what other wild allegations go out there. And there's a lot of good information in there, but... Yeah. Th- that part of it for me personally is just kind of like really ruining it for me yeah and like kind of everything you're explaining is kind of like the vibes i got from the trailer which kind of was like ah, i'm probably not going to check that out because that's not for me um, yeah just and it won't be for everybody yeah just kind of hearing your thoughts on it like that's kind of the thoughts i got from the trailer so like i'm just yeah so just like, yeah I, like it's one i'm probably gonna skip <laughs> yeah so just a forewarning to anyone who hasn't and wants to see it good show like, I, I do recommend it's entertaining to see how the other half lives around the world and to see different ways that we can, you know, be yeah. better to our earth. But at the same time, take like at least 50, if not 75% of what they say with a grain of salt and do your own research because there's a lot of quackery spouted yeah. off in there. That's fair enough. But yeah. Yeah. yeah but that's my take. Yeah. But I see you finally saw the old guard. Yeah. So I watched that over the weekend and, uh, that was really good. They should make more of those. That was a yeah, totally I quite, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I had a really good time with that movie. Um, I think kind of how we keep talking about like, oh, Netflix is making these like great, you know, decently budgeted action movies. It was another one of those. Like it was totally serviceable, mm-hmm. solid. You, you know, at its core, it's it's kind of just another generic action movie. You know, I don't think any of the twists and turns were really all that well done or anything like that. But they made a really good action movie that was really good choreographed and they made some pretty fucking cool lore um, to kind of play into it. And I thought it was super fun, super awesome time. Yeah. I really hope that they carry on and like they left it, they definitely left it open to like more happening. Right. I mean, especially with that ending with what's her name, finally somehow mysteriously getting out of the water. Yeah. Which as, as soon as like, that uh, frame of them dropping her in the water like as soon as she got dropped in the water my first thought was oh i wonder where they're gonna pull her out of the water in this movie mm-hmm. and like at the end of the movie i was like oh yeah there she is of course she's the mysterious person um like of course um which that's why i think it's like you know it's it's just it's a really awesome like like i don't think there's any crazy twists or turns in that movie but it's just a super mm-hmm. well done action movie that is it does what it does very well, right? Yeah. You, you know, like it's... And if you're going into those movies for more than that, I think you probably need to check your expectations. Yeah, um, for sure. But I think if, if you know what that is and you're down for that, and we've talked about it, like the, like those type of movies on Netflix, like I'm totally down for it. Like keep making those. And especially, you know, with something like The Old Guard where you're... And I, they're based on graphic novels, are they not? Yes. They okay, so they got tons of backstory and stuff to draw upon. So, so yeah, oh, do, yeah, absolutely. Do something like that and and pump a few more out. Like totally, they should make more of those. That's it. Was a totally rad movie. I I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. So I definitely hope that they they pop out yeah. a few more. I, I, like I really liked the lore of it. Like how the old guards, I guess per se. Like how how all that stuff was. I found that interesting, and I found they they didn't beat it to death enough that you still want to know about it right like they they just kind of talked about it enough to get you intrigued but not mm-hmm. say to like totally give it away like room to kind of explore it 
And I like yeah. that because oh, that's really interesting. Like I, I wouldn't mind knowing more about that. And it kind of leaves them with the opportunity to tell me more about it in another one. Right. Yeah. And fuck Charlie's there on kills it again. Oh, amazing. Like she's super solid. Um, her in these action roles, like she's, she's amazing. Mind you, we talked about that last week. Like she's just got super good range where she can just switch gears to these different roles and just knock it out of the park. And this just kind of adds to that and shows that she's a really great, you know, fucking action star too. So, yeah, absolutely. So tell me about world's most wanted. Cause I saw this on well, Netflix. I really want to watch I, it. I just threw it up because like I I've only watched one or two episodes now, but you're into that crime stuff. So I figure you'd like it, but like so yeah. far it's really, it's really good. Like I love yeah. these like true crime stories yeah. Yeah. where it's like, and like these people like these, so these are true stories. So it's like interviews and, and documents and everything from like real news people, reporters, journalists, what they know, what they've done. And it's like, they're still out there. Like here's oh, yeah. all the bad shit. So like, yeah. like when I clicked play, I assumed it was going to start on episode one. And for some reason the the episode advertised on Netflix and the banner was the one, oh, they call like her the white widow, which wasn't the first one. No, that's the third episode. So I'm like, oh, this seems like an interesting show. I'll just hit play. I hit play and it started on the third one. But yeah. like her story is crazy, right? Like she was behind a bunch of terrorist attacks that were like actually carried out by men, but men that she was like married to or dated to. So like she's the woman behind the man and she's yeah. like on the run right now. And yeah. like they they still don't know where she is, but she's behind some like terror, like terrible oh, yeah. terrorist attacks so like like that. And I just I figured you'd be into that. So oh, I just yeah. wanted to. To bring that up because it's super interesting i'm definitely yeah. gonna end up watching the whole series oh no it's it's like i'm gonna watch it shortly probably because it's like over the weekend um like i was just checking out netflix while i was doing something and i saw that show and i was like oh man i re like as soon as i watched the trailer but it like scrolled through the episodes it's like i really want to watch this and then i was like i gotta burn through radon of in here first um before i get into that but like i kind of hearing you talk it talk it up a little bit from watching a little bit like makes me happy because I totally wanted to watch that show to begin with. And I was totally going to watch it anyway. So you just saying that it's like pretty good quality, like just makes me want to watch it even more because I love that shit. So yeah, so far real solid, highly recommend. I figured it'd be right up your alley. You should definitely check it out. Oh yeah. But on to more important stuff, big oh, yes. brother. I'm, I'm assuming cause you've been pretty mum on the subject so far that you haven't actually watched the season yet. I, I watched like 10 minutes uh, like Wednesday night when it was on and then I had to fuck off and do something else and I haven't had a <sighs> chance to look at any of it. <laughs> but you're still okay because there's only been two episodes. So you, you in theory, could very easily catch up. And yeah. And the first, the first episode is like two hours long and it's an intro to everyone yeah. and they play like the first head of household competition. You could honestly just recap that and then watch the second episode that's out. But I think you should watch it because it this is going to be an amazing season i think okay so it seems like it's getting back into maybe some good big brother for once yes because like and sorry spoiler alert but like there's two two people in the house janelle and caser and they played together in two different seasons and they both like went really far but i think caser no i don't actually neither of them won if i recall correctly but they both went really really far and they're both considered like icon like iconic players 
but they're okay, from yeah. like old Big Brother, like oh. big, like seasons one through like nine or ten. So even both of them have fully admitted like the game has changed and it's not as like you still have to be good at competitions, but the social aspect of it is okay. even more important than it ever was. Oh, yeah. And so the guy who wins head of household right off the hop, he's like, these two like were in an alliance in two separate seasons. They went really far. He's like, I think I should nominate these two. And so they both went in to talk to him and feel it out. And they actually were not in an alliance so far. Uh, they were working independently, but everyone assumed because in the past they had an alliance that they would automatically team up again. Yeah, for sure. And they, and, and because they're seasoned players and they watch the show, they both like had their conversations with the head of household. Then they show like their diary room interviews and both of them are like, Oh yeah, he's going to nominate me. I could tell just by talking to him, like I call in his bullshit. He's given me this generic nonsense. Wouldn't look at me. Wouldn't tell me anything of like any value. Wouldn't actually converse with me. Like something's off here. So they, oh, yeah. there's like a new twist where you can like play in what they call the safety lounge. So it opens for one hour during the week. And if, however, like let's say five people go in there, all five of you compete. And if you win, you're safe for the week. Kind of like an additional veto. And okay. you can keep one other person safe. Both oh, of them knew, both of them knew that that this guy was going to put him up. So they both decided to play in the competition. Kaser yeah. ended up winning, and he was like, "You know what? I'm really going to fuck up his plans." So Janelle, the girl who he was also going to put up, he kept her safe. Oh, so like yeah. right off the hop, he's like, "Yep, I'm putting Kaser and Janelle up. I they're big, strong players. Janelle is a competition machine." I'm going to nominate these two. We got to send one of them home. And Kaser's like, I know exactly what this young fuck's going to do. He's going to put us up and try and get rid of us right off the hop. He goes in, wins the competition, keeps them both safe. And just like three days into the fucking show completely blows up the plan that this guy has and shakes up the whole fucking house. That makes me happy that like they've got some old kind of OG vets in there that know how to play the game. And like from the sounds of it, immediately good gameplay is happening. Um, that makes me totally more inclined to like check this out and get on board with it is like getting back to good big brother gameplay and not like a bunch of this weak ass shit that's been in like a lot of these latest seasons. Right. That's why I think it's going to be a good one because you have a mixture. I think only two people in this season have actually won big brother, but okay. pretty much everyone else has either made it top two or top three. Right. So you've got a bunch of seasoned players that know how to get to the end and yeah. the yeah, so that makes me happy that like already in the first two episodes you're seeing really good gameplay, really good social gameplay by the sounds of it, where people are just like, yeah, we we everyone knows how to play each other, so it's well, people I, people figuring out how to you know uncover that and sidestep it, right? And that's why I can't wait and hope that you do start watching it because like when you start watching this Caser guy, yeah. like interact with people. Like the way he talks to them and the way he befriends them. And then like the conversations he has in the diary oh, room, yeah. it's like, okay, this guy's next level. Like oh, he, like, this, yeah. he is legitimately playing fucking chest while everyone is playing oh, yeah. checkers. Like he that, is, like, he's smart. You think that like, if you had someone that was like an OG big brother player, like way back in the day, like, okay. So they've got the experience of playing on big brother a few times, but they've also got the age and the wisdom of being probably way older than these people to just have the social experience to like naturally talk to people and mm -hmm. actually be able to like have conversations and as a result, good gameplay. So that totally makes me want to check this out. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I'll I'll check it out at some point. I just need to figure out uh, when that is. Because well, they usually go up on like Telus and Sean Bell's video on demand like the next day. And if you're a Stack TV member, they're all you can watch them live or they're on there like within a few hours. Yeah, so I'll probably check it out. Um, Because yeah, that makes me happy. That it seems like Big Brother is getting good again. Very exciting. This is going to be like a recurring thing. Every week, I'm going to slide in Big Brother talk. Hey, fair enough. Hey, if we got to ded- dedicate like 15 to 20 minutes to talk about Big Brother, I, maybe I'm going to be totally on board with that if it's really good. And yeah, totally fine. I think me. it is so far. Yeah. Awesome. So what the fuck do you want to talk about Wayward Pines? That's an old ass show that got canceled. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I just popped into my head and it was just like, I think it was because we were talking about Ray Donovan and how it ended too soon. I was just very distraught about how Wayward Pines like started getting fucking super interesting. And I really, really got into that show and then they just pulled the plug. And it was one of those things where I didn't realize they pulled the plug until I'm like, hey, this is around the time the new season should be airing. Why is it not? Why is it not on TV? Where is it? Yeah. And then I Google and it's like, oh yeah, it got canceled three months ago. What? Yeah, I remember watching Wayward Pines because it was two seasons they did and then everyone thought there was going to be a third and then they canceled it. And I remember the same thing where I was like watching, going in and I was like, uh, not Kevin Dillon. Um, where is Kevin Hugh Dillon? Dillon? Uh, well, one of them's an entourage, the other one's in Wayward Pines. Um, Matt yeah, Dillon? I, yes, Matt Dillon. Um and I remember being like, I like Matt Dillon. Um, and I checked Wayward Pines out and it was this weird ass show that that kind of had some twisties and turnings and stuff like that. Yes, and- that's what got me because like I watched that whole first season and like the whole time I'm also trying. I thought it was super well cut, like how they cut it together where you're trying to figure out like how he got here, why he's got there. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, this isn't just like some place he ended up like he was yeah. frozen. Like this is the future. Yeah layered on like uh, the thick and they really kind of went with it and yeah i was totally into it like that first season it was kind of that okay where's this going and then it's you, you know what you think is happening you know it turns out that it's not the case and they're doing these reveals and i was like okay like this 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 show's got some meat where's it going it's like oh this is really good and then i i honestly don't remember the second season i remember the first season but i don't remember the second season because it was so long ago that the show was out that i don't yeah, actually well, I- how it ends and that's why i threw it up there because i was curious if you actually watched it when it was out but like i thoroughly enjoyed it and was just absolutely heartbroken when they just fucking axed it yeah i remember watching it when it came out and i remember enjoying it quite a bit um but it was so long ago that i that i honestly don't remember much of how it ended in the second season fair enough but i agree wayward pines was good all right well i just want to get your take on that but because we were talking about Mark Duplass, I want to bring up the league because I think as far as like comedy television shows go, this is right up there with like, it's always sunny. Yeah. Like it was, it was an FX original show. I think five seasons, maybe six. Okay. But like, so, on I'm, I'm going to, I'm bringing it up because I'm going to implore you at some point to add it to your queue because I think once you get like halfway through the first season, you're going to fucking absolutely love it. And it's going to be one of those shows. Cause they're only there's 22 minute episodes that you're going to start binging hard. And like so many great 
one-liners and scenes like you know how there's like, there's just shows that like just throw out the best fucking lines and inside jokes and stuff like that and this is one of those shows and i think for me anyway it's mark duplass like at his finest like and it's just it's an all-star like i shouldn't say all-star like they're not actually like all famous people but i mean everyone who's in that show absolutely kills it in their roles like oh, mark yeah. duplass nails his role and like Nick Kroll, he's in there, and Nick Kroll is fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And my favorite character, probably like possibly my favorite character of all time, like as a um, supporting character, is Rafi. Oh. And I, I always forget the I always forget the guy's name, but he played Agent Pimento in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, okay, that guy, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and you know how he acts in Brooklyn yeah, yeah. Nine Nine? That is, is he- very much a like almost carbon copy of his Rafi character from the league. Okay, I'm on board with that. Like he is that over the top, outrageous, edgy, outrageous. the shit he says, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I like I had I had heard about the league before, but I had just never paid too much attention to it. And like it could be because like I don't watch a bunch of like those 20 minute comedies. Like here and there I'll 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 watch one. Like I'm not someone that like religiously watches like Always Sunny. Like I I've definitely watched a bunch of it, um, and I think it's phenomenal. But like I've never, like it's I, never I, been my go-to genre. But if there's a good one, mm-hmm. I totally get into it. Like I totally got into The Good Place, and like like there's tons of ones that I get into. And kind of hearing you talk about this, like it kind of seems like something I should check out, and that I'll probably like. Well, it's and the way I like it is because like the way that they treat each other and like the, the comments they make to each other and the way they rip on each other, it's very reminiscent of the way that I am with all of my friends. It's It's like, like those are the kind of fucking conversations that we have. Those are the kind of insulting things we say to each other. Very natural conversation, which I think you describing how they, they do like improv stuff. That would be a really good result of that. Right. Is because you get a bunch of people that talk like that in real life with their close friends and they're being told to improv, so they just go from experience, and you're going to get really great natural conversation that people can relate to because it's very realistic conversation that that comes off as natural because it is right. Yeah, it it it's gold, man. Like there's like so many people I know had like never even heard of it, or like I think I heard of it, and I've I've gotten probably about half a dozen of my friends to go back and watch it now that it's okay. completely ended, and they all have like not one person I've got into the show said that it wasn't for them or they didn't like it they all absolutely loved it and like i would put it it's easily in my top three of like the greatest comedy television shows ever done like it's right up there with it's always sunny that's a high it is just it's it's a high bar but it's so fun it's not as edgy as it's always sunny like i really like that edgy and i really like like the insulting humor well that's that's the whole that's that's it's always sunny right that's the thing right Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, like I like you kind of giving it this glowing recommendation makes me think I'm probably going to bump it up on my list. You know, the next time I'm looking for, you know, like a, like a 20 minute comedy to throw on. Well, and like I give I give glowing recommend recommendations to like a few things. It's not like super, super frequent that I do. But like as far as like everything that I've recommended in the past, I would yeah. still like recommend this. I don't even remember other stuff I've recommended that you check out, but I would, I can't believe that I never thought of this prior. Cause as far as like recommendations I give out, this is near the top for people who like to laugh. 
yeah. it is it is so solid I, yeah. I've gone back and it's one of those shows that like I like like I'm sure you've gone back and like rewatched like The Office or How I Met oh. Your Mother. Like you put it on as a background show. Sure. And you rewatch stuff. Like I've actually like gone through very akin to Entourage and like rewatched the whole series, like and watched it. Like not just as background noise while I'm doing stuff, like rewatched the entire show and still found it just as funny, if not funnier, the second go around. Yeah. That that's yeah. That that makes me you definitely want to check it out because, and I think for the most part, like usually when we recommend each other something, like usually we're gonna get some sort of enjoyment out of it, you know. Yeah, we're pretty close to similar styles for a lot of things. Yeah, so no, I I'm definitely gonna throw that on the queue and and probably check that out when I don't know, but because like you, the the back burner is thick. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's fair. But I did want to throw it out there before I forgot about it again. Yeah. Oh, did you just and it was one of those things that like I had always heard about it, but never really looked into it. And you kind of giving it kind of these glowing recommendations and stuff like that. And it sounds like something that holds up, you know, for multiple rewatches, which I think is a, is a sign of a really good comedy. Like I think I go through Entourage like once a year, and I still fucking yeah. laugh every time I watch it. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those shows that like, despite its age, it's aged well. Yeah, so. So that definitely makes me want to check it out because, yeah, I'm totally down for that. Uh, well, I mean, that's really all I got on our on on my watch list for this week. Yes, that's about all I got. So mine was basically just Ray Donovan and the Old Guard. So, well, fair enough. We're coming into a long episode this week, so I mean, maybe this is uh, the perfect time to end it. Yes, this is true. All right. Well, it was a good one, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good.